0: Woof
1: Coming out firing tonight.
0: Well, I don't I might have to make up for an echo. I don't know if there's gonna be an echo on it. We might um there's we don't know how polished this particular episode is going to be.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: And it's going to be slamming because we have a guest lined up, but um, I'm hoping that I can do a handoff and uh, the person who is responsible for making sure we always sound phenomenal um, can continue to make us sound phenomenal. And 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 we won't be vague for much longer, or at least I won't be, but uh, you are listening to 11 o'clock comics episode 577, and we'll pause because someone would normally say his name, and I am David A. Price. And I don't care if anybody says, I don't get bullied, I'm a rock star, I'm Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. (laughs) This is so ridiculous. No, you are not the bullied Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you are Jason Wood, everybody whoop whoop
1: it's weird our uh our our faithful leader is in absentia for for nefarious reasons no no doubt
0: and it was it was kind of and it wasn't normally we 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 tend to we have a little bit of a and this i'm not this isn't a swipe at the dude normally there's a heads up so we can plan things and and we can and and we can prep and and we're not as, uh, or I'm not as rusty and, and um, gun-shy, usually, if Vince isn't going to make it for an episode. Um, and there are, you know, everybody else, special events, and you, if you're not going to be on an episode, it's because you are nowhere in the vicinity of a microphone or you're just not around. And, and unfortunately, and it's without going into everything, it's, it's, it's just, it was sort of kind of sprung on us, but not, it it just, it's weird. It's, 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 it's feeling weird right now because I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this. I had to make sure that I had hard drive space and, and we were ready to go rocking and rolling, but yeah, it's, um, it definitely fears weirder than it usually does if Vince isn't here.
1: It does, exactly. Because he was just like,
0: I'm out, deuces. It's, it's like, carry on to show it out, me fellas. Seriously. <sighs> but that's all good. The dynamic duo. That's right. For now,
1: anyway. And a guest, as you said. And a guest.
0: Yes. Um,
1: Which we will we will bring in shortly. If we can figure out. If he can figure out a Skype handle, we'll bring him in shortly.
0: <laughs> well, there you, um, see, you know, it's a he. You know, it's a male. Guest, yes, but. it is a heat. Well, it's it's our show. When would it be? Right. <laughs> oh. Well, maybe we'll turn over that new leaf. Yeah, we're true. New, new Year's resolution That's right. And and add a little bit of a uh, gender diversity <laughs> so, to the mix. But um, but yeah, as soon as uh, his, um, his 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 updates go into effect, we'll um we'll grab the gentleman. But um, this episode is I don't have um. I don't have the copy. I don't I don't have anything. But this episode of Love Micro Comics is sponsored by our good friends at Discount Comic Book Service. Um it is going to be a horrible segue because it doesn't exist for tonight. I have no idea. I, I glanced at um at the DCBS site briefly yesterday because of something that Vince asked if we had read, and Jason has it. Uh, I went to dcpservice.com to make sure um, it was still available, and it is, so I was going to add it to my order for, for this month. So that was the only time I glanced so far this month, because I don't have my um, my box yet, according to the email from UPS. it It should arrive tomorrow, which means it's either going to be at my door tomorrow night when I get home from work, or I'll be picking it up at the post office Saturday morning. So I have no idea what the cover of previews is this month. Um, I don't know what's going on. So uh, I have no idea what the specials are. I cannot tell you right now because I haven't even prepped my previews video for our patrons. If only um, your co-host was on the ball. <laughs> I'm hoping he is. That's why I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bearing myself. So this way it builds you up and makes you look better. So let us, and and, and since I haven't, prepped my previous video yet, I am hoping that... Uh, because it, it's already the... It's already the sixth, so I know you probably have already submitted the Excel spreadsheet and have are making changes to add to it. No, you got a switch. You got me and Vince
1: switched. I, I don't submit mine until I'm done. I almost never make additions to it.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Well, I know he so, gets his added away early, but I figured... I download
1: will... mine the second basically the day that cam hits us up and says it's ready okay and then i fill it out um within the next day or two after i've had a chance to lovingly caress and go through previews um but then i go back usually around the sometime in the late teens early 20s of the month when it's getting due and uh yeah. just go through it one more time and make any tweaks and then upload it so i uh, haven't uploaded it yet but i have filled out filled it out prime um preliminarily um what's, uh, Image is doing a, a, a big back catalog sale. Um oh, this, don't tell me that. this month they're they're doing um and, and you know that well you know this. They 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 a lot of their first volumes are nine ninety nine. Yeah. So I'm actually piling up. I'm gonna buy a bunch of uh, copies of some of these um first volumes to pepper into our care package. I like it. I like the way you Because yeah. it's like five bucks to get yeah, like you a, can't, seriously. Yeah. So, um, But uh, some of the specials, and I, and as you said, I'm I. This is not uh, this extemporaneous. It's not like Vince, who carefully figures this out. Uh, By our friend, our good friends, uh, Scotty Young and Aaron Conley from Image Comics, Bully Wars trade paperback, Volume One, is available fifty percent off twelve ninety nine, which makes it six dollar and forty nine cent. Um, a a couple other books I know you're reading, uh, Man Eaters, Volume One, and a book that we're both reading Weatherman Number Volume One, both fifty percent off, so six forty nine and eight ninety nine respectively. Uh, I'm gonna just uh, get out of the uh, image down here. Let's give you something else to to wet your appetite. Um, let's see here. Do do, do 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 It's great radio. I realize. Um, oh, from Mark Russell, part of the new uh, Wonder. Um, comics imprint uh that bendis is heading up wonder twins number one of six uh 50 off 3.99 which gives it to you for a one dollar and 99 cent uh, Um, oh for this is for you dap uh, super suns the polar shield project trade paperback it is um a 9.99 cover price it's 50 percent off this month for a whopping cost of four dollars 99 cents and um Something I think I'm going to be getting, uh, Absolute Batman Arkham Asylum, thirtieth anniversary edition. It's a seventy-five dollar cover price, and it is fifty percent off through our friends at DCB Service. So thirty-seven, dollars
0: Now, why so is I have I have a trade? I I have probably the first. Our good friend Derek Howard sent me a um, sent me a copy of. Mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum. Uh, it may be a first printing. I don't know, but it's one of the early trades, and <laughs> it doesn't. It it's not like it's a very thick story. It, it's it's so I'm I'm what what are they adding have, to this? Andy, so okay, because I'm I'm just even if it's oversized, I don't I I I'm not. I don't, I don't know. You're, trying, you're talking me ordering it. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to look. The, the <laughs> last
1: thing I wanted to shout out, and this is super cool, um, Michelle Fifa. Uh, we have talked of him many times over the years. Most recently, when he did that cool Blood Strike uh, comic, um, in because he's a big Liefeld mark. He is now doing his version of GI Joe. GI Joe is Sierra Muerte number one, uh, and it will be uh, it's four ninety nine cover price, half off two forty nine. That's going to be an absolute hoot. Nice. So. Um, but enough of that when Vince never fear Vince will be back next episode and he 'll have a nice tight and right d c b s promo for you. you know it 's all good. I will say, uh, as I mentioned last month they 've uh they 're back where they belong in Indiana, and it is uh helping very much with the quality of the packing and the timeliness at least for me i know I know for some the the shipping 's still not quite what it used to be, but but for me it 's back to what it was, so I think they 're getting their house back in order, uh, which isn 't to say that they really had a lot to to tighten up, but, but there were some, some minor, minor nits with the move and, uh, that's all behind them now. So check them out, but, uh, we got to get our guest on. So let me, uh, ask you
0: what, uh, what are you drinking? Uh, well, because I am, this is something new. It is a Cabernet Sauvignon from, uh, Paso Robles. It's, uh, 2016, but I, I saw this bottle in our wine rack and I saw the name of it and it felt fitting the name of the the name of the wine is broadside and I saw broad and it just, that is, that is one word I would use to describe our guests artistic style because the, the male characters that he, everybody, not everybody, everybody, but there are characters that he's drawn in the past and in his new book that are very broad. The The, the men he draws are, they are not characters you'd want to fuck with. And And I just, I love the man's style. And he's a great dude to begin with, but I really, really enjoy this guy's art. And I just, Broadside just sounded fitting to me. And And it is, as I said, it's new and it is extremely tasty. So I don't know how um how well I'll do as the night goes on. All right. And I too am trying
1: something new. It's a new uh a new wine for the the wood household. It is Edna Valley Vineyards Cabernet Sauvignon 2014 and it is delicious. Word of caution to the listeners that like to uh Play along with us and try out the wines that we uh we tout. Uh, it's it's a bit on the pricier side versus the, the normal wines we recommend, so it's more like a twenty five ish dollar bottle. But uh, you get what you pay for with wine, I find quite often. Yes, oh absolutely. So I mean, I. But we, I mean, listen. We always say there are a lot of really good wines at like the ten twelve dollar level. Don't get me wrong, and we most of the ones we talk about on the show are, are that. But uh, but my wife felt like trying some new. New wines that people were telling us to try, and this was one of them. And it was, uh, it's, it's certainly passing the first test. Nice. All right. Now, as promised, we've been hinting at this. It's been a few weeks in the making. Actually, it's been more than two years in the making. And I say that because uh, the older you get, the faster time goes. And if you would have asked me when our guest was on our show last, I would have said about a year ago. But I checked, and he actually was on our show. Episode 403, way back in the beginning of 2016. So it's been not quite, but close to three years since we've had the great pleasure of having our good friend on the show. You know him for many, many things, uh, probably most notably, at least from our years, as the uh, fantastic cartoonist and co-creator of the most uh, recent and, and frankly, best incarnation of Power Man and Iron Fist. Also, the reigning co-creator and artist behind the uh, Ringo Award-winning Best Web Comic 1000. And really, the, uh, the main impetus for having him on tonight is to gush lovingly about his just-released uh, and already-back-to-second-printing uh, yes. uh, image comic creator-owned book with co-creators David Walker and Chuck Brown. I'm of course, talking about Bitterroot. And, of course, I am talking about our good friend, Mr. Sanford Green. Man, where's
2: the uh the audience uh cheering <laughs> effect? Well Pipe. That in after we'll, right. Yes, you'll you'll yeah, you'll get that it. was pretty that's pretty good, man. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> that that you know, that's why I came on the show. That's why I'm here because of that intro. I knew you were gonna knock it out of the box, we, man. We we so. keep Jason hey, around
0: because he is a good hype man. <laughs> uh,
2: hype man I'm
1: good 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 looks and hype. That's that's what I'm here for.
2: It's all about it's all about the hype, man.
1: Yes, sir. Well, welcome. It's good to have you back.
2: Indeed. Great, uh, great to be here, guys. Uh, thank you for having me.
1: And um, you know, you, you, I got to give you credit, man. You, well, first of all, we saw you last at um, at New York Comic Con, and you were doing thank your best to corral your partner, David, um, uh-huh. to do the to do the press junket because New York's a hustle, and especially with the book coming out. And right. I gave you credit at the time because you were just on the grind, man. I mean, you 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 are one of the hardest working men in comics when it comes to um, to promoting your your, your work. And uh, and I have heard you personally heard you on a couple other shows. A nice job on those. I know you were on uh, you're with Suntris, I believe, and I think you were with uh, right. with uh, our, our good friend David Harper on his show. I love his show as well. Right. So well, even know, though even though we were supposed to have you on a few weeks back, I kind of like that we waited a little bit because you're saving <laughs> the
2: best for last. That's right, man. It's like I I, I figured out, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the first, uh, you know, you guys being sports fans, especially you, Jason, it's kind of like those first few games, right? You got to get your sea legs under you. And, yep. you know, by by that fourth, fifth game, you know, you hit your stride. So I think that's where right. I'm at right now. You're 16th year.
1: You're sixteen and seven Lakers version of LeBron, not Owen three Lakers version of LeBron. Right
2: there now. you go. There you go, man. There you go. But so, yeah, man. Yeah. So let's
1: uh I mean first of all, let's let's um let's just, you know, we've got two issues two issues done for sure, in the sense mm-hmm. that um we were able to give um our good friends at Image Comics were were able to hook us up. So we were okay, able to give cool. uh issue number two a read. Uh, it will be out on the stands for everybody else uh,
2: next weird. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, yeah. Don't, don't remind me, man. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, this is this train is on the move for sure.
1: Yes. So
2: let, let's let's back it up a bit.
1: Let's let's start with. Um, I'm trying to think when you first showed me pages from Bitterroot. Mm-hmm. It was a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly, but it was a minute ago. So right. when when did you guys um, come to the idea of this? And, you know, again, maybe take us back to I presume this came out of your working together with David uh, on the Power Man and Iron Fist. Like, I, I don't know if this idea was like right. around before right. that or or came from that or whatever. But take us to the impetus of when you decided to go and, and jump into the creator-owned fray.
2: Well, honestly, it um, definitely was Right around the time where we, we knew that Power Man and Iron Fist was, uh, um, on the tail end of the, of that actual, uh, incarnation. We, we knew that we were about to end that book. Uh, it was probably somewhere around, uh, the fourth, I'm sorry, the, uh, the 14th issue, 13th issue of that series. So we were, starting to have conversations about a lot of the things. Truth be told, there there were a lot of things that were left on the table that we wanted to do with Power Man and Iron Fist. And um, David, he just kind of said jokingly, but at the same time, you know, it was a little bit of seriousness there. He said, we should just save this stuff and put it in our own series. And uh, I thought about that. And uh, I reached out to, well, I was talking to uh, Chuck Brown, the other co-creator, about uh, an idea that we were kind of playing around with uh, about this family back in the Harlem Renaissance and they hunt monsters and so on and so forth. And I just brought David's name up uh, to Chuck and I said, you know, I think he would be great for this series because he's very knowledgeable on that time period or just in history uh, black history in general and he would be really good for us to bring in to help to uh curate and um just kind of hone in some things and uh, he you know chuck was definitely excited about that Uh, just to be able to work with david david is a he's such a great scribe that um he he doesn't really get the credit that he deserves you know so i think just having him to be able to come on board he really fleshed some things out for us and made that world like a lot more tangible uh we we were playing with some things that we we honestly without him we 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 wouldn't have been in the place that we're in right now so Once we kind of got this story and the world building fleshed out, started to create the characters. Um, actually, there were some characters already created, but honestly, with David coming in, it allowed me to really flesh those characters out. And uh, I think some of that's that's some of the stuff that you saw at that time, uh, some character design stuff because I didn't have any pages just yet. But uh, we were starting to rock and roll and we pitched it to the to uh eric over at image and eric stevenson um and he was ready to go from day one which is pretty encouraging because he's not the most um you know i love i love i love my man uh eric but uh you, you can't really tell he, he he's the best poker face that i've ever seen yeah. he's stoic right yeah, yeah 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 he's very stoic but uh with that we had dinner at san diego and we you know had a pitch meeting over dinner and he was just uh he was excited and uh that's when we knew that okay if he is expressing this in that way i think we're 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 good to go we had a few other offers uh i'll just throw one out there uh kirkman um he was excited about it as well uh wanted us to do it at skybound but um we had already kind of hitched on to uh even though technically they're all the same you know under yeah uh, the same yeah. umbrella but uh we had already uh hitched on to uh image central and you know so we were ready to rock and roll so that's pretty much uh where it all started
1: that's great so um before we get into the book, you, you mentioned Chuck and I, you know, one of the things I've been dying to ask you is, you know, we've become friends over the years and you and I chat uh-huh. reasonably frequently and, um, we'll get to a thousand later. Cause I, I've, I've been re- caught up on that, but, but uh, I gotta admit like Chuck Brown is like, he's like the the mystery beetle. He's like, yeah. um, he's like, uh, <laughs> Justin Gray to Jimmy Palmiotti. Like I, like if, if I didn't see his, if I didn't see the picture of you three online, I would think he was made up character like, uh, He's like Jerobe in Tripod Quest. Like, I like I don't, he's like the, I, like, tell me about Chuck, because honestly, you know, we've met David a bunch of times. He obviously writes other comics, you know, not with you as, yep. his, as his partner. We know you uh-huh. exist because we we've, we've, were friends with you. I don't know that right. I've ever met Chuck. I don't know much about Chuck's history. So uh, right. how does Chuck factor in all this?
2: Man, we kind of like it like that. We like Chuck to be that that, that dude that's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> you said Jerobi that's, Right? That's pretty. That's pretty accurate, man. The, the brother is, uh, you know, he's 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 an up and coming talent. Uh, I've known him for, gosh, fifteen years, plus. I've known him longer than David. I've known David for about ten years, but um, he's been, you know, kind of coming in. To his own here the last four or five years he got some work over at Marvel doing some pun- punisher stuff during the civil war too uh so that was one of those things where we thought he was gonna jump on to something pretty major over there and then some you know there, there's some shake up over at Marvel and uh you know how that goes once old regime is out new regime comes in it's kind of like they they bring in, you know, their their ideas, which is fine. So that's kind of it kind of left him in limbo. But then he uh, got noticed over at uh, Dark Horse um, and he did. Um, he's doing a series over there coming out. Um, I don't know if I should make the announcement for him, but uh, he's got a series that's coming out um, next year. Over at Dark Horse, but we did some stuff uh, somewhere about uh, I think about four or five years ago. We worked on 1000. It's funny because 1000 is a digital comic, but we did that. Well, the story part of it we did about five years ago, so a lot of that stuff was rewritten um, to to kind of fit the format and you know to bring it a lot more current than it was uh so he he did uh that and then we did um uh this 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 short limited uh series called Rotten Apple over at Dark Horse which was going to be turned it was going to be turned into um a mini series like a, or a full on series and uh i I I will, I will say this uh Mike Richardson, the president over there at uh, Dark Horse, he said that he was so excited about that concept that he wanted to make that concept as popular as Hellboy. Now, you know, give or take, I don't you know, I don't know what uh, what might have become of it because we, well, I and David, that's when uh, Marvel came along and Offered us uh, Power Man Iron Fist, and um, I told Chuck, I was like, "Hey, man, this could be big for all of us," and he understood. So I went off and did that, and before you knew, uh, before you knew it, um, we're we're on to a few other projects. Me and David, um, and then Bitterroot popped up here, so it was kind of like my plan was to go back to Rotten Apple. It wasn't to do this Bitterroot thing. Um, I got but okay. we got so excited about the potential of what uh, Bitter Root could bring. I, you know, I just kind of told Chuck, hey, this is what we were planning. I know we were planning this, but I'm telling you, you got to see where we're going with this thing. And uh, he was he was uh, on board for that. But, yeah, he's he's definitely uh, an up and coming uh, writer. And uh, you'll, you'll see some more stuff from him pretty soon. Nice. And we like, like again. I kind of even told him. I, I was like, "Hey, Chuck, you know, just you gotta you gotta be cool with the, I guess what we call the the process, if you will, of getting into comics or or even doing it the way that we're doing it right now. Yeah. It's kind of like what you said. With it's a perfect um, comparison with the Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray kind of thing." um and it's funny because i know justin you know we we've talked uh, a good bit but I, I told him uh chuck i was like hey man you know we we're doing me and david we're doing you know our our thing over at um at marvel and uh we're coming into this bitter root thing and it's going to be that comparison to what we did over at marvel which means you know you know what i'm saying it's kind of like you're gonna keep throwing david's name and my name together you're gonna have to make your stake your case or, or, or stake your claim in this we can do it we we're introducing him we're showing the world hey this guy is the he's honestly the linchpin to this whole thing um but uh He's almost kind of like Derek Dingle over at Milestone. Oh, Back that's and, a great and, analogy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the guy that was kind of the glue to everything, mm-hmm. didn't have to be seen, didn't have to be heard from so much, but was definitely the foundation. And um, that's that's pretty much what uh, the, uh, Chuck is.
1: Nice. I'm going to call him the foundation from now on then. <laughs> He's the
2: foundation. <laughs> I think you'll dig that.
1: Nice. So let I guess I, we were gonna we're gonna spend plenty of time on bitter roots. So let's let's uh let's since you mentioned it, let's just talk about a thousand for a minute because um you know just I'd like to 1, think 000, yo. yeah <laughs> I I know right I'd like to think I'm a pretty uh up to date dude. My kids think differently, of course. But um <laughs> you know as I told you the other day nice Sanford fun. on uh, Facebook I I I was woefully behind the times on this uh line webtoon stuff. So, for our mm-hmm. listeners that don't know, um, Line Webtoons is a Korean-based uh, web comic publishing company that is not new. They have been around for a, a bunch of years now. They are the world's largest web to, web web comics presence, and they make bank. Uh, I was reading about them; they they made over five hundred million dollars last year. Jeez, they're big business. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's big business. That's much bigger than than just about any American comics publisher outside of the big two. Um, so I wasn't really familiar with them until, frankly, I, I kind of got turned on to them, um, when some of our homies at New York Comic Con were telling me about how the, you know, they went to the Line Webtoons, uh, party, you know, that they right, had right. I don't know if you were there, but, but I heard about it from a sure. bunch of folks. And, um, anyway, long story short, for those that don't know, Line Webtoons is an app you can get it on, I have it on my phone now. It's, it's a free app. It's really well designed and it's a, a robust Uh, universe of web comics Um, basically the model is there are uh, featured comics where my understanding is it's basically like a publisher line webtoons makes a deal with creators uh, pays you you know an upfront or an agreed upon uh, rate and uh, and then on top of that you get you know you get more your bonus money royalties based on how popular the comic is and then the bulk of the stuff on there is called discover and that's basically a self-publishing people just Host their web comics, um, you know. Once, if as long as they meet the format of the app, two line webtoons, and it's kind of like uh, survival of the fittest. If you get popular enough, you can make some skrilla. Uh, if you're not popular, you know, it's just a place to have your stuff and, and at least you know have a start building a portfolio. Anyway, um, I really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed the app the last few weeks, and probably in, in a week or two, I'll talk a bit more on the show about some of the other uh, web comics that I'm enjoying, but. Mm. I had recalled that you um because I saw you guys won that Ringo Award for best webcomic mm-hmm. for a thousand and right. it all came back to me. I checked, I actually backed your Kickstarter, which yeah. was like four or five years ago. Now unfortunately yeah. it didn't get funded, but yeah. you were doing a started to do an animation project of this and yeah. I I backed it, but again it didn't, you know, we didn't pay because it didn't get funded. And yeah. so I guess this has been, as you alluded, a long term passion project for you that i guess at first we were hoping to make a cartoon and somehow it evolved into what is now this line webtoons thing so just talk to me about that like the journey i mean uh, like in terms of cuz i would imagine like like uh turning turning whatever work you did on the cartoon into a, a webcomic comic is got to be a non trivial uh like like adaptation right it's not like it had to be a lot of work to to port it over right
2: right man i mean i think you did a good job of explaining my journey already man it's you know we started this thing uh dude it's honestly truth be told it's 20 years in the making um Mm -hmm. you know i i I started honestly it it was the first idea as far as like a creator own idea that i had uh i was coming out of college and uh the friend my friend at the time uh he recently well not recently but he passed away a few years ago about 2010 Mm -hmm we came up with that idea together and I just had this thing sitting there and I felt some somewhat obligated because uh, we never really got a chance to do anything with it. And we had all these you know aspirations and goals to try to get this thing made. And um, it was one of those things where I just felt, like I said, it's felt obligated to do something with it. And, Tom Akel who at the time he wasn't at, he was not at Webtoons yet. He was at MTV, believe it or not. And MTV was trying to do something similar to what Webtoons is doing. They were going to do this digital thing and whatever happened. I mean, you, you can look at what you can look at uh, MTV now and it's, <laughs> what is it? I don't even know what MTV is anymore. Mm-hmm. So, right it's like, so he got an opportunity with, with webtoons because webtoons, they saw what he was doing from the state side of things. They had already done tremendous work, uh, in the, um, in Asia, but they wanted to crack into the American market. Like, you know, every other company on this planet, they wanted to come to America, uh, stateside so that they could benefit from this and uh, be able to uh, bring their format uh, here so that is basically how it all kind of came together because uh, the publisher or the editor Tom Aiko he said hey man I got this great opportunity you can't say no to this thing even if you're super busy you would want to find a way to take some time and put your property on this format, and I was very a- apprehensive at first too. It's kind of like you, Jason. I was like, "What is this?" this you flip through your phone for to look at comics. What, it's it was already the digital format had already kind of left a weird taste in, our, in, in my mouth. Uh, I, I would say because. I just didn't feel like there were so many different versions. The whole pop screen, the um, what I mean by pop screen, like you touch one panel, the panel comes forth. Sure. Um, the, or the word balloons, or um, and then you had the uh, the, uh, the two and a half de animated stuff, which was like weird. It was kind of cool, but it was kind of weird, and it was super expensive and
1: you talking about like the stuff that, like Marvel did with like where Malev did like like they they kind of uh-huh.
2: turned... yeah, yeah 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 and they did uh, Watchmen uh, mm-hmm. like that they did they did a ton of a uh, Dark Knight Legend of Dark Knight I think was done like that uh, and that was you know one of those things that was really popular for like a hot minute and then it just got super saturated and overwhelming like most things do unfortunately in this industry and uh, it just kind of. Died out, but then with this thing, it it was it was once I kind of got gotten into uh, what they were doing and showing, they showed me just the the possibilities of it. Honestly, it it just dawned on me that the way we view everything on our phones is essentially what this. Format this webtoons format is it's just a scrolling infinite scroll format yeah and um that was like wait a minute that actually could work the only challenge or the biggest challenge is having to it does make you rethink you have to really think through how your panel to panel progressions would come about because Let's say in a regular comic, you can have Spider-Man panel one, or you can have Peter Parker in panel one, but truthfully, you can have, to some degree, Spider-Man in panel two. The jump is that can be pretty drastic from panel to panel in a comic because you have all your panels pretty much uh, collected like you can see everything yeah, even yeah,
0: though yeah 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 you turn the page and you see yeah. everything there
2: yeah you can there's see no surprise. You, know, you can see yeah there's no real the moments to moments are uh, you can kind of gather them a little quicker in a regular comic than you would on this format and with this format you see one panel at a time for the most part it's just like how you would scroll through Facebook or Twitter or whatever you can only look at one tweet at a time you see that, you go to the next one. You look at whatever there uh, that's there, then you go to the next one. So and I know even the way that I'm describing it, it, it it's very seamless though. That's the thing. It doesn't feel like this weird
0: stop go kind of thing. You're not waiting for the page thing. to load or anything like that.
2: Right, right. There's yeah. no loading time or anything like that. And there's um there's one of those things where it's uh sorry, that's my son. He was just saying something to me here, but i don't know homework or whatever but uh you know hey man you get you get the whole deal with me man you know but uh kind of cinema verite <laughs> exclusive exclusivity here but uh, so that i guess i'm describing it um the best way possible for for me that was kind of the that was the uh, the thing that kind of kicked it off for me that, that allowed me to go into this with a very open canvas if you will of how to bring about the storytelling and I'm telling you it it was a it's it's a ton of fun it's a whole lot of fun the only challenge for me now is trying to keep that going and work on bitter roots right but that's i guess that's the the price of the hustle <laughs> because <laughs> Yeah. it is you know i have to do those things in order to keep uh ahead of what's relevant right now yeah and i'm not too you know i am doing i'm doing well in the scheduling of one uh 1000 right now i'm pretty pretty far ahead on that so it's not too much pain to be able to work on that and get a root so, just for our
1: listeners to, to know, understand a bit more, this this concept is pretty dope. It's it's basically uh, a guy named Dragon Son. What up, son? Uh, who is a a godlike
2: you I've on waiting to say that all day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm for weeks, weeks now. Uh, a near omnipotent dragon, but because of it being basically a, a dirt a, a dirt dog, doing a lot of bad things. Uh, the powers that be uh, force him into a human form, which still makes him hella powerful. Like he's like superhero level powerful, but mm-hmm. nowhere near as powerful if he was in his dragon form. And he can't he can't basically get back to himself um, and his way of life until he commits a thousand acts of repentance. Hence the the, right. the title of the, of the of the series, a thousand. And um, you know, I don't uh, again, kind of old man hat here. I don't read a ton of. Uh, of manga and what I do read is not like the the Dragon Ball Z or the one or the One Piece uh but I know obviously those things are you know seventy thousand times more popular worldwide than most American comics. Um, mm-hmm. And this feels like it's interesting because this is again it's it's a webcomic you know by by Americans in English, but it's published on a Korean platform. And as I'm reading it, as I read the read the series uh the last few weeks I thought man like this is is so funny that you've had this idea for a long time because isn't it weird that it ended up on a korean uh you know web comics platform because this is straight like this is straight like 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 shoujo manga like in terms of it's 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 aesthetic you know it's it's right. it's fantasy and martial arts and huge fights and over the top fantasy and it's like th- this is right. i would imagine it's I would hope I mean, I don't know if you know the data, but I would imagine this resonates really well in the in 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 Asian in, you know, in Asian countries um, on on top of of appealing to American audiences. Right. Right.
2: So I'm going to give you the numbers. Right. And and, and, and honestly, the 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 numbers that I give you when I tell you what the I guess the more um, the longer running uh comics that are on their platform. I'll tell you their numbers, you'll you'll just fall fall out. Um but I average fifty thousand readers a week. Oof. Okay. Just imagine that in our little world of comic books uh printed the printed form, what what that would be like. <laughs> um, you know, just imagine that, right? It's like it's it's so it's so uh so uh, far fetching i guess at this point but the i think the top the top titles over there somewhere around 2 million some somewhere around there every week every week so yeah it's crazy well, I, I said I said to Tom Ako the the publisher I I told him I was like okay I know this is going to sound crazy when I say this but I don't think even with those numbers because he was trying to get a lot of other creators over there this is at the beginning mm-hmm. and. Um, I said I don't think that creators stateside really care. They they care, but they 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 don't care the right way, if that makes sense. Like they want who who doesn't want fifty thousand uh, at minimum fifty thousand books sold for an independent title or even a big two title. Who doesn't want that? Right. I was going to say. Well yeah. D.C. would love to have books. They would love to have that. They would love to have that. But why don't they have that? Why? Why is not that a thing that is average? Like I'm average on this platform, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm right there, not too, not at the top, top, but not at the bottom either. Mm-hmm. But average, and that number, you know, in in the printed medium would be insane but why don't we have that and i have a theory about that okay well part of it is don't you know, we, we, we we care about the wrong thing like no one's going to look at well how should i say this the printed medium means so much to us that that change or that thought of this digital thing is a little too much it's too too far fetched if that makes sense mm-hmm. plus they've already tried something like this quote unquote but they didn't try it they they went about it the the wrong way and plus the system what am i trying to say the system is set up for that kind of thing to fail in this industry, or at least it's set up in a way to, for something to fail, either the printed side is going to fail, or the digital side is going to fail. Mm-hmm. Can't I, be, it's, it, it can't be simultaneous in this industry. You see what I'm saying? The minute you start pushing that digital stuff, guess what's going to happen to the printed side?
0: Right. No. I yeah, nobody can ever have both, and 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 we get that from time to time. The the members in our, our Facebook group, anytime someone brings up um, a digital sale at Comixology uh, or reading something on their their Kindle, someone will come in and say how they can't... It, digital's not for them. And it's just because either they've always read paper comic books and that's that's part of it to them. But a lot of us, and it, it, we... We need to have it. We need to physically have it in our possession. And and with Webtoon, at least, you know, that's available for people to, to consume and peruse. But a lot of people have a hang-up where if it's a digital comic, why am I paying? They don't understand that it's instant gratification, that you're buying a comic book in your pajamas, you don't even get out of bed, and you're not getting any ads. Mm-hmm. But they don't understand that, you know, I'm paying three ninety nine for this for this digital file. That I don't actually own; it's up in the cloud, or I can pay that same three ninety nine and actually have something in my hand for that same amount of money, and that's right. that. That's a hurdle that people just can't get over,
2: right? And you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be, I can confess that I'm one of those guys. I love the printed medium. Yep. I, I, you, my my shelf. I'm looking at my my spinner rack in my studio right now. I'm looking at the bookshelf the four bookshelves i have
0: Mm
2: -hmm. behind that i got an attic full of comics but that's from my era and i guess that's the thing too it's like we're we're in order for this thing to survive and this is the the ongoing conversation right this where how how do we bring in the new readers how do we uh, preserve this this culture (laughs) this sounds this is kind of a hip-hop reference i guess jason but uh how do you how do you preserve this culture how do you pay it forward or move it forward uh and un- unfortunately, the only way I think that you can do it really do it is from a digital format. My son, even at this very moment, he's got his phone not not trying to put him under the bus, but he's <laughs> i think he's in the bathroom with the phone right now. It's like he takes a shower and he puts his phone on the the uh, on the uh, right, the, the wash um, area.
0: Like a the ledge. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and he plays. He plays the music. He plays music. He plays YouTube. He plays whatever while he's taking a shower. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like they they are super connected from from that digital standpoint.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: ninety percent of their knowledge of any of this stuff is from the digital standpoint. Yeah. My kids know every character and it's not because of me, them coming in my studio and asking me, they just know it. They know, they know, you know, of course that I, I work on certain characters, but the deep diving aspect of it, they get the surface information for me. They take that and then they go and dig, but their digging is from a digital standpoint. So trying to get them connected in a way that will allow this culture to move forward, there has to be a way. And I I, and I know that there's been talk about putting, you know, bringing this new platform together or bringing this platform uh, together with the printed side. Again, the the. The system or the format that we have right now is really challenging in terms of trying to do one or the other or, or trying to do both. It's like they're, they're canceling each other out to some degree and trying to find a balance for that is the, the ongoing struggle.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about that. I mean, you know, as you said, I think the issue with with American comics is we have this direct market and it has carried the industry for 30 years and it still continues to essentially carry the industry in the sense that, like, it's 80 plus, 90 plus percent of of, of revenue. Mm -hmm. And so the publishers can't, they don't want to and they can't do the direct market retailers dirty. Right. But as you alluded they're they're facing this this inevitable tsunami of reality, which is that um, you know the the not the only people, but the majority of people that are still buying tons of print books, and obviously our show and our our viewer our listenership is a, a big part of of that that contingency. But you know we're we're older, you know. I mean we're like I, I would I mean I, I don't know that we've ever surveyed our our listener base, but I don't would I safely say our average age is forty plus, right? I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah sure, and I would say the average age of a guy with a, or or a a pull list at a at a LCS is forty plus, and then that's cool, and we're gonna hopefully knock on. wood, all live for another forty fifty years, and and do our due and buy our stuff and and all that. But but yeah, Sanford. I mean you're right. I mean you know I, as you know I have three sons, and my oldest is fifteen, and you know I've got sixty thousand comics in my house, and 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 they could literally read, literally almost anything. In comics history, they ever wanted to read? They could go into my comic room and get it if they wanted, but they don't have any interest. And they like the characters. Okay. They read stuff online all the time. My my oldest reads Walking Dead, but he reads it on Comicsology. You know, I have every I have every. He could read every issue of it physically, mm-hmm. but he's just not interested. Um, yeah. You know now. Now the one thing, and I don't want to go down too far down this rabbit hole because I really I want okay. to celebrate. We want to celebrate Bitterroot here in a minute, but okay. but I will say right. that the the one thing that I think the industry I don't know if they're aware and just ignore it because they don't know how to deal with it or they're in the they're they're in the heads in the clouds but i mean i i think the one thing we don't as a as an industry and i'm including ourselves just because we're a voice for the industry don't talk about enough is the reality of piracy um mm, right. I, I don't care what anybody tells me and again you know it's impossible to know these numbers hard and fast but I, I would put a big chunk of my personal net worth down on the fact that for every version of a comic that is bought, meaning digitally, legally bought or physically, 20 to 50 people are reading that comic illegally. I genuinely believe yeah. it's that much. Because, yeah. again, like, go to New York Comic Con. You were there. 200,000 people walk through those gates. Yeah. And, and as you noted, there are one, two comics a month that sell 100,000 copies. Mm-hmm. right like like most comics that we talk about and read and love sell what twenty twenty five thousand copies if they're if they're lucky if things are going well right I, I mean but but there are there are hundreds of thousands of people that are familiar with these characters and it's not just from the movies these are the, yeah. they know the comics so so again i'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole for too long but i'm just saying like i do honestly think in my heart of hearts that if we're going to talk about the generation being digital, we also have to accept that part of that is that this generation knows how to access and is, as, as from a morality standpoint, convinced themselves that it's entirely okay. If you can get it for free, I'm going to get it for free. And I have had friends like personal friends tell me over drinks, you know, Hey man, you know, comics are expensive. I got to do me. So if I can get them for free, I'm going to, I'm going to read them for free. And it's like, with no sense of, like, remorse, you know? And yeah. um, I don't know how we fix that. I, again, I don't want to – it's a tangent. I don't know. But I do think it is, a, it is a real issue. On one hand, you know, I guess it's good that there's interest in the characters. But that doesn't put money in your guys' pockets, right? That doesn't make your page rate better. That doesn't make Marvel keep a series going for an extra couple of years. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I don't know if we can fix it, but I think it's something I wish we – I wish we, as an industry, acknowledged more readily. I feel like they're afraid to like talk about piracy because yeah. somehow talking about it will like make it happen more. <laughs> yeah, it's like, No, it's,
0: it's happening. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
1: like millions of comics are being downloaded illegally every Wednesday. So like let's yeah. let's acknowledge it and then figure out like how we can maybe get ten twenty percent of those people to start buying a subscription or right. paying for comics at a dollar a piece. I don't know. Like like let's right. not just pretend it's not happening because. The, the music industry tried that and it didn't work yeah the
0: genius and like
1: it's, and, it's... and and right and like you could argue that the music industry fixed it they didn't fix a thing the only thing that got fixed yeah. is that apple came along and took half of every dollar yeah. so it worked for apple it made apple a trillion dollar company but it didn't fix the music industry the music industry makes less now per per song than they ever did you know so course, i don't know. You
2: know, and that's uh, you, you said a lot of great things there and I, and that's part of what, I guess to kind of bring it back to the first uh, talking point about uh, Webtoons, that's why they do it for free, because mm-hmm. they they understand that, I guess, that dynamic, that students, kids, they know how to get this stuff anyway. Why put put it out there for 99 cents and you only get whatever? in return because there's so much piracy out there so they they figured something out and part of that's that's the other part i I, I can't really speak on um all their the business uh the business model of webtoons but they are owned by a huge probably i think they're the big they're kind of like they're like the Google or the Facebook in Korea, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the largest Asian internet companies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they, there's ways to really put this thing together stateside. People just have to be willing. They have to put together whatever they have to put together. The resources they got the resources. They have to put the personnel in place. They have to be willing to do that to get this thing to come together in that way because honestly I this is what I think I can be wrong but I think the only way to do it is to give it away from a digital standpoint and then let that build up a um, build up the the enthusiasm the, the because the thing that I've learned even with doing this thing with the 1000 we're doing a printed version of this thing and people. Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a, another exclusive. That's why I'm here to oh, give us <laughs> breaking news, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news. But uh, that I was approached by a publisher who does French, um, kind of the French format, like the album. Yeah. So I want to do that kind of thing with this. Oh, great. So it won't be a series. It, it's just it'll just be a one uh, album deal. But uh, you know. Even with that, people are going to, you know, you got it for free, but this this printed version, people are going to buy it. And I've already had a ton of people ask me, are you going to get it printed? Are you going to do the printing version, the printed version? Now, I'm not naive. It's not going to be the same amount of sales that I would get in viewership. You know, we can't. But it will be significant because of those Because of the viewership from the digital standpoint, and I think that's where the industry, to some degree, has to go. They have Mm -hmm. to do something on that level. And I know that they're doing that to some degree, but there's still this: we got to try to squeeze the dollar out of this digital thing. And I don't think that's the way to go with that. Yeah, unfortunately, there's going to be some. There's going to be some companies or whatever that's going to fold under under something like that. Maybe not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, we will solve
1: the digital crisis another day. In the meantime, Three I hope
2: that, Yeah, Three exactly. Come back. <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, let's uh so let's talk about Bitter roots So so this the Sangrai family, um a a a family of of I guess it's fair to say uh, monster hunters i mean they call them, you call them genu in the book which i guess is like a maybe a haitian version of genie or, or right. some or maybe it's a haitian version for monster i don't know but uh it's, it's like you said it's set in the harlem renaissance uh it is a group of of wildly eclectic and and and, and awesome uh their family but they're almost like a, a merry band of adventurers that happen to all be related and um they and i don't we haven't figured out, out yet through two issues but they have a long history of of hunting these these monsters and trying to cure them um with the use of of uh of the aforementioned bitter roots of of like herbal you know potions and 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 whatnot and um and uh like i said we we've we've got the first two issues i mean everyone listening has read the first issue i hope because we've told them too many times most of them <laughs> listening have not yet read the second issue but uh, we have right. been we have been able to and uh first of all let me just say man um i don't speak for dapple let him speak himself but I, I it's freaking it's a triumph man i i love it i love it Thank you. um Thank you. you know i i um i think that the the thing i thought about reading the second issue is um yeah uh, i'm no advocate for mary poppins but for some reason i could never get that song spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down out of my head and you know i think in 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 today's world, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and for whatever it is, most, most comic is aligned politically on, on it seems, which is cool. Right. We're, I know we're all aligned, but like, it's a tough, it's tough out there, right? There, there's a lot of tension, right. a lot of angst, a lot of, a lot of division. It's a very divisive time. And, right. you know, you guys are unapologetic about the fact that there is a clear message underlying mm-hmm. this book, which is about racism. But mm-hmm. you're, you know, I say spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down because, Um, if you didn't come out and say that like in, in the, in the after credits in the, in the back matter, uh, you know, people could just read this book as a kick-ass adventure Uh series, you know, set in the Harlem Renaissance. Um, like, like you, you, it, 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 on the surface doesn't have to be like, you don't have to take anything away from the deeper message of, of fighting intolerance and racism, but right. but that is a part of, of the underlying uh, of the core of an essence of why you're doing the book. So so I, I love I love that because I think that those kind of messages, um you know, are best received in a medium like this with mm-hmm. a little bit of a wrapping around it. Right. Like like right. people don't people I think a lot of people look at comics as an escape from the harsh realities that we live in. And right. I love that you guys are approaching a very poignant and still very topical Uh, Issue that's that's close to your heart, understandably, but you're doing it in a way that like, you know, I'm not I'm not feeling like I'm paying three, three, four bucks to be um, lectured to. You
2: know what I mean? Right. So
1: I I think you've pulled through two issues. You've pulled that off very deftly.
2: Well, you know, uh, special thanks to uh, to David and uh, Chuck on that. Uh, But I, I appreciate appreciate that. We we definitely. Had long conversations about our, our approach to where telling this story, because the story is, like you just uh, mentioned, it's a, it's a heavy topic. It's a topic that's very, but it's a very, uh, it's a very, um, it's a, it's a topic that is very in the now. And we felt like, the industry, like you said, let's not even talk about just the world. <laughs> the industry has a lot of this 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 thing that has kind of i don't know if the word has infested the industry, but i think because I think it's all all it's been there, but at the same time, I think it's been infiltrated as well and people are kind of dancing around some of it or some people are attacking it. They think they're, they're attacking it head on, but it ends up kind of, like you said, it either people feel, feel like they're being lectured to, or people lash out and uh, they, 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 they try to bring about some anti or rebuttal or whatever that comes across well, like a better word is racist. So what? So we're, you know, but we're we're dealing with a lot. We we dealt with a lot of. We had a lot of conversations. I should say, um, should say because of our our um, our backgrounds, and because of what we've seen in the last couple of years in this in this industry. Of course, um, also just um from a world point of view. I'll 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 just be frank as well. I'm from the South, man, and I've seen stuff, you know, this goes beyond this the industry of course, but I've seen some things growing up and honestly, it was just kind of oh, that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's stuff that from maybe from your standpoint or your background, you guys may go, "What? You got to be kidding me. That actually exists?" You know, it's like in This time, and I think because of what has happened here from a political standpoint in the last two years or whatever, people are—they're shocked, right? They're just blown away by. I can't believe this stuff is there. But I've a lot of us even we were like, yeah, yeah, there it is. (laughs) We told you this is how it is, and now it's it's now it's in this. I guess second phase of, of its, uh, of its infancy, I I should say of now that it's out there, how do we talk about it? Well, we, we can't talk about it. We gotta, we gotta protest it or, or, you know, fight about it or whatever. I want to say fight. I mean, internet fight, um, or whatever you want to call it. And, um, There's so much that we just do not understand. When I say we, I'm talking about everyone. I'm talking about society. And we're like, okay, we've we've had these conversations. When I say we, people from my culture, David's culture, Chuck's culture, we've had these conversations all our lives, really all our lives, and we, to some degree, we have experience. So we're able to tell this story in a way that allows us to say it the way that we're saying it, and allow you to walk away from it, not feeling preached to or lectured or whatever. And uh, that's honestly, that's probably one of the biggest things that made me really excited about this project because I'm I'm able to express all this stuff, all these these experiences, and I know how to do it. David knows how to do it. Chuck knows how to do it. Uh, the, the back matter, John Jennings, who's uh, Eisner Award winner for subject matters like this, <laughs> he did black comics. It won a won an Eisner, and we he knows how to speak on this. He yeah. le- he does. He's speaking about lectures. You said lectures. He's a lecturer. He's a sc- yep. he's a scholar, and he handles our back matter. And uh, again, these and and there's tons of other people just like that that will be featuring. In uh, each issue, Back Matter, um, the Back Matter uh, segment. And again, it's from experiences. And um, I think with the, uh, and I know I'm sorry I'm going on a kind of a tangent there, but uh, that to me is bigger than the characters, is bigger than any of that because That's why we're able to to make those characters once once you kind of understand how to. Tell our experiences, then the characters just kind of fall in place, because all we're doing is telling our experiences. We just happen to throw these characters in there like, you know, Cullen is a little little bit of me. Uh, Berg is a little bit of David. You see what I'm saying? Um mm-hmm. these things that we're into are our, our, our likes or dislikes and around us are the things that we experienced dealing with these things how we dealt with them, how we viewed it and we we and we're like okay how can we take what we experienced this reality thing twist it just enough to give you this fantastical stuff in there and then lay it before you and <clears throat> we we did some research on, um, and this is kind of going back to the actual story, uh, we did some research on, there's an actual event, an actual event that um, took place in history that affected this country, and it changed this country forever. And we're using that as the backstory. And without going too far down this, this rabbit hole, but it is the reason why all of our experiences, when I say all, I mean David, David, myself, and, and Chuck, all of our experiences, and maybe even other um, folks, but mainly people of color, our experiences changed because of this event in this country. It changed. There's nothing, and it's it's a part of history, <laughs> which is crazy. So we were like, you know what, let's use that. And then take all of our personal experiences, and we can throw all that stuff in there. And it's not even stuff that we're preaching from the mountaintop. We're just putting it in there. Um, and and you'll see more of that stuff. Um, if
1: I could, I mean, are you are you talking yeah. about
2: like a specific historical moment, like like the Emmett Till situation, or like something like what do you guys what do you mean? Oh yeah, we're we're not talking about that. We're talking about something that took place before. The Harlem Renaissance, actually. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to go too far down to, sure. to spoil that. But but once we started to talk about those things, it really made our experiences that much more, like, poignant. Like, oh, wow. Where, where would my family be if that thing hadn't happened? You know? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So, um, we look forward to being able to implement that into our story overall. And um man, I, I I will I will say this is that uh I try hard not to I, I try I, I'm I'm a I'm a person that's very uh I'm practical. I'm not so much into the um how should I put it? Um I don't put myself out there in in a way that kind of shows, hey, look, look, look at what I'm doing and who I am or whatever. But this is the type of thing where we have to go and talk about this stuff everywhere. We have to do it. I told that to David. David just recently did a TED talk and he didn't necessarily did he didn't talk specifically about bitter root or anything, but what he did was he used that and he springboarded into talking about heritage and so on and so forth. And I'm like, this thing is, is something that, again, it, it just goes beyond telling a story in a comic book. And um, again, we're, we're, we're just, we're just uh, excited. And I'm, I've never felt more invigorated to tell uh, stories than I am right now. That's
1: awesome. I didn't know that he did a TED talk uh, recently. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He did it uh, about a month ago. I think it was a month ago. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's one of those guys that I always tease him is that uh, (laughs) he's done everything on the planet, I think. If you just, if you ever follow him or look at his, his Twitter or his, uh, more so his Facebook page. He posts a lot of old photographs from when he was younger, and uh, he's been a film director. He's been a a, a homicide reporter. I mean, it's <laughs> he's had all kinds of occupations, and he's got all this documentation and. It's just really cool. I'm like, dude, we gotta do a graphic novel about your life, man. He's been a stunt man. He's all kinds of crazy stuff. And um I'm like, no wonder you can tell great stories. And am I wrong? Isn't he Jewish as well? Um he's or I'm not Ju- Jewish descent? He has I think his it may be from his mother's side, his right. father yeah. African American, his mom is yeah. Yeah.
1: She's
2: yep yep so yeah he's got a lot of even with that dynamic you know it's like again his experience and dealing with racism you're talking about man two worlds he's living in two worlds Mm -hmm. so he's putting that into our story too so it's pretty awesome
0: What's you guys the, got mad quiet No, well, <laughs> I, just, heavy. Um, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean no, to make it heavy. Don't even hey. It, this this yeah because where else <laughs> but you know, where else we gonna know about this? So I mean we're getting it straight from the but source, you, so I mean I'm I'm giddy about it. Right. We'll, we'll and
2: like I said, I think issue three or four, the grandmother the major of the family she's going to speak on it she may have even hinted in issue one i can't remember she said something she says she definitely mentioned something about the
0: family and yeah my edit it let's blink yeah. know that you know this is this is the, the the men are the are the brawn and and the women are the brains of the family and 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 blink is all about proving herself and knowing she can do more than just you know grind up some right. herbs um, right, but we don't get a lot of it's. It's. I mean, with between the splash page and the um, and the the conversations that the the characters have, there's there's definitely. Um, I think we we walk right into um some history where so it's I I like that we're obviously they're already established they they've already. Um, this is old hat, and and this is what right. they do, and we're not. I, I appreciate that the readers aren't learning as they learn. We we're 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 watching them work. This is this is what they do, and mm. I um, I'm, I'm enjoying watching them and, and and learning as we go instead of instead of everybody learning at the same time. It, it's for something like this. I think the history needs to be established, and and it already is, and now we're just we're catching up, and it's it's right. done really well, and that that was kind of I what is how does how does this this creative relationship work? Does does do, do do Chuck and David bounce ideas off each other, and then you know you just draw whatever they come up with, or how is how how's the process work between you three?
2: Um, honestly, it's um, similar to what you said, David and Chuck. They to get the ideas out there. Then we come together. We talk a little bit about uh, those ideas. Sometimes I talk to both of those guys. Sometimes it's one or the other, depending on the idea or the. Or, or, or honestly, there's times where they will say something to me. They'll mention an idea, and I'll come back to them with. What I think might be a better idea, mm-hmm. um, or an idea that, uh, or a different way to look at it, I should say, and uh, that's been uh, very refreshing to be able to have that collaborative
0: effort. So we have I, the other really cool, and you showed us this at at New York two months ago. But the first, the first arc, which is it going to be? The the covers are going to connect, and and. Have that one beautiful image with the family in action. Um, is the fir- is, is is it just the first four issues? Is is that the first arc, or is that all that we've seen so far?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh, it's five issues.
0: Okay. Um,
2: uh, the five issue connecting variant, and um, you know what's funny? Uh, just kind of going on the the, the cover um, subject. We have a tremendous uh, list of creators, uh, creators, and, and uh, these these legendary illustrators uh, gracing our covers. We have uh, Mike Mignola, which was probably the the biggest thing um, <laughs> since I don't know him doing our cover was. Kind of the holy grail of artists doing covers, if you will um i can't i can't think of anyone else more fitting and suitable for our story as a matter of fact we are we're influenced by uh some hellboy b p r d stuff and um just having him having him do our cover he is just tremendous um and then billson Kevits and we got uh, our boy Scotty Young is doing a cover. We got uh, Dennis Cowan doing a cover. We
0: got Dennis Cowan. Oh, my Jesus God. Cra- I've been mean, speaking a milestone. I mean, I no. it's yeah. it, you guys made it very difficult for me because I I'm the type of person <laughs> who I I I appreciate variance. But if I can, if I can get the guy who's drawing or girl, gal, who's drawing the interior, then I'd rather have them I'd rather have the issue. I'd rather have the cover that at least reflects the interior. And I mean, that's not to say that Scotty, of course, draws some amazing covers. And you know, if you get, of course, Mignola. And and right. it, but it, if if I have a chance, and and you you made it hard because your covers are all connecting so it's it's like yeah. yeah I mean you know you could you could go ahead and get that Mignola cover but if he's not doing the cover to issue two and you, right. you're stuck with mine well now you missed the first part of the picture so uh you're right it's yeah. it's it's a neat little trick but but you know it's <laughs> you know how often do I get a, a new fresh image by Dennis Cowan so it, it was not an easy decision when I when I was placing right. my order man well, you know, collect them all. That's, yeah, you got uh, that too. Of course, of <laughs> course. Speaking of, you know, well, if it's digital, but I'm sure the the collection right. might have all the covers, so we can at least see what 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 we could have had. Um, no, it's it's uh, and it's it's such a beautiful. I mean, I don't. I I know it says that you know color artists, uh, you and Rico, um, how, uh, I mean, and and he's. He's amazing with 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 his palette right. to begin with, but uh, I I don't know what I'm I. I <laughs> Jason already talked about Power Man Iron Fist briefly, and 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 we talked about it when it was coming out, and and um, you know we we enjoyed that series, but there is something uh, it's almost next level. I don't know what the hell it is about you and Rico on on this page. I mean, I'm just <laughs> looking at the preview copies for now because I don't have my my, my issue yet, but it's just it it looks absolutely fantastic man
2: thank you thank you i appreciate that uh yeah I, man i don't know what to say other than thanks <laughs> it's like we're 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 putting putting into hours man i I've, I've never worked this hard before um obviously um when you're working on your own deal you want to put your absolute best foot forward so Every every page, me and Rico will walk it through and see what works, what doesn't work, and um, that's pretty much what we what we have there. And uh, I I can let me let me say this kind of a quick with the cover deal. Um, I worked with uh, Power Man. Well, my first spread like that connecting variant spread. Ah, uh, cover spread was on. Uh, I think it was on Black Panther when Tanya ec the relaunch with Stellfree and Tanya Coast. coast So I did the first four issues. Uh, it was a connecting variant, and people were loving that and all kinds of you know great responses, you know, tremendous responses from that. Then I did a Luke Cage like that, um, same thing, and then it just dawned on me, like I'm doing all this stuff. You know, for Marvel or whatever, I need to do the same thing for my own property. And um, on top of the fact that I have, you know, these luminaries and, and let's not even forget, I mean, we got some tremendous female artists on the on these covers. So we're intentionally going for, you know, the artists that are the legends, but also, hey, check, check, you know, take a look at these hot uh female illustrators who happen to mostly all be of color. And that's the other thing. It's like this this weird dichotomy that uh there's not enough female illustrators, let alone uh female illustrators of color. And um we're like, here they are. <laughs> so we're 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 just trying to kick this door down in all the doors, if you will. And, uh, me doing the cover, the variants, uh, connecting variant. Um, it's honestly because you know, all these luminaries doing the covers, I had to do something to stand out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to get buried by these guys. So I, I was like, let me do this. You don't know want, you don't know want Mignola to body you. Oh, God. <laughs> he, 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 Mignola, me and, um uh, me and my boy Mike Del Mundo, um, he's doing a cover here. I drop names. I drop names. <laughs> uh, we, me and Mike Del Mundo, we have this discussion. I, I'm, I'm sure you will appreciate this, Jason. We we kind of compare artists to all-time great MCs, mm-hmm. and we we say Mike Miola, he might be, might be Rockem. He might, be. yeah. I don't know. Wow. I gotta I got uh,
1: think, on, I got to think uh, on that. You just made me choke. Say it again. I said, I have to think on that. You
2: you just made me choke. I don't know. <laughs> well, hey, you know, maybe maybe that's a discussion that we should all have. is bring in a bunch yes. of folks that, that appreciate that kind of uh, banter. I like that. But it, you know, I, I can always I'm open to other thoughts on that because in terms of the the, the legacy, moving in his own path, you know, doing his thing. Not really. He's not. He doesn't have to be. I'm. Um, I'm just using the same characteristics as uh, Rock him, but Mike Mignola kind of the same way. He doesn't have to be on the big book. He doesn't have to be. He just does his thing, and it's it. It. He did his thing, and it stood the test of time. And it's like the the thing that everyone goes to for the most part. artist artists, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's what. While Kim is to, uh, to hip hop. So, <laughs> listen, man. I mean, I'm not. Far
1: be it for me to argue against Mignola's importance to the to the scene. So,
2: uh oh, uh oh, that that's that's some, some trepidation in that. <laughs> but
1: no, no. I mean, you're, I don't know. I, here's yeah. the thing. I don't know. No, listen. I don't even. I don't have a game down this. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, no, I think Mignola's a a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's he's incredible, and and and. Uh, but you know, in ten years doing the show, you can count on on two hands the number of times we've talked about Hellboy, which is not a condemnation of the work. It's just that for some reason, it's a bit of a uh, a, a white space for us. I mean, I, I've read most of BPRD, so it's not like I'm. But, uh, but man, Rakim, though, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> like, I mean, see, to me, like Rakim needs to be, he needs to be more like, I mean, I don't know, like, I'm thinking John Buscema. Like, I, I, I
2: was, I was going to say, I was going to say, not even necessarily John Buscema, I was going to say, like, uh, don't, hmm. <laughs> I don't, you, you got to, all right, you got to separate The. the person from the from the artists. Sure. Okay. Cause I don't know if that might be part of your, sure, your biases there. I like, get, yeah, I don't know. I mean, cause I, I can, I, I try to do that when we have these discussions, because if I throw in John Byrne, right. And, and, and compare him to that, it is not because he's a likable dude, right. <laughs> you know, it's because of what he put on that paper, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Because truth be told, I've heard different things about the MCs. They're not all lovable. They all right. have their, but their contribution is what the discussion is. Man, I got to get Mike Del Mundo. I, I got to tell him tomorrow that you, you questioned him. you made him pause. Made uh,
1: you know, we're we're not above pimping ourselves. We would love to have Mike on the show. So if you can make that no happen, doubt. we will have no him doubt. on the show. No doubt. He's an insanely talented artist in his own right.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's Yeah, it's he's he's doing some next level stuff right now.
1: He is. He's in, it's insane. Yeah, it's nice to see him getting some run with the uh, with with the big boy, Mister Aaron. So that's good. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So so let's talk a bit about like the plans here. So so obviously it's it's off to a, a great start. Couldn't have asked mm-hmm. for better. Sold out. Went to another printing um you mentioned the first arc is five issues um are you are you planning like the the hellboy bprd model where you're, you're going to do an arc take a little bit of time off do another arc are you for sure going to do another arc like if 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 sales are 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 hanging there and are, are as good as they've been you know what is the plan for this like how how long do you want to go with this how long do you think you can go with this
2: Jason, we need you to buy at least a thousand copies, man, and we'll do another art oh, all right, I'm all right, done <laughs> <laughs> done we get david you can get you can get about ten copies if you get ten copies <laughs> well, i gotta get you know, yeah,
0: well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know you know where um. You know what each of our portfolios look like, so yeah, that's. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll just get the variance, but the uh, that was
2: honestly that was no that was no. Uh,
0: just man, my man
2: Dapple
1: <laughs> Hey man, yeah.
0: I, I'm I'm in a brand new condo. I got you know I got corners where I can. Hey, you but know, Sanford just basically said you're on government cheese. Pretty much, it's like you know. Man. Listen, it's like I know man. I know you pirate this shit just because you know you want to make sure you read it. Um, it's you know, hey. it, uh, go ahead.
2: Hey, I get 10 copies myself, man. That's all I can handle.
0: <laughs> well, plus you get your comps, but yeah, no. it's it's. Uh...
2: That, that, that's what I'm talking about, the comps. <laughs> <laughs> I, just get the, I don't even, I
0: don't even buy my own about, stuff. Uh, wait, does Image give you guys comps? I didn't even know they did that. Oh, yeah, they got to buy his own, probably.
2: Yeah.
0: Or is right, it part yeah. of the deal?
2: It's part it's part of the whole package, so right, it's right. not really
0: comps. Oh, because, yeah, know, because, but, well, I mean, they, they in air quotes, they could be comps, because then you can sell them at cons. You'll be able to sell them at your table.
2: Right right
1: right. but well, but so back to the question at hand assuming i've already ordered a thousand uh, of, the, of the next issue um what what's the, like what would you love for the plan to be like
0: the, the is this is there a finite number of Yeah of we're issues talking about like you know 60 issues for scalp there are 100 bullets yeah. or
2: Yeah yeah, yeah. well I, honestly we're we're looking at um it's doing well um we're we're um we're gearing up for at least three arcs. Excellent. So there'll be there'll be um some some gaps in between. Um I don't want to make this other announcement, this other thing that we're trying to do in between that. Um it's gonna be a Cullen and Berg spinoff?
0: <laughs> you know what?
2: That'd be kinda cool. That a would, lot be of would be
0: very cool.
2: Yeah. Um what's what's so funny is that um cullen I'm sorry cullen is the the main protagonist, but Berg is kind of stealing the show right now we we kind of looked at we were looking at who would we were trying to figure out who would be the breakout and that, and it's still time you know i i put my i was putting my money on miss Etta, um but she she ain't did what she needs to be doing yet. You'll, you'll <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we yeah we've not seen her
1: in action like pulling yeah. that, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's the Yoda. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> but, but um, um, but, but then a uh, blink. You know, we're 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 gonna push her a little more um as the story moves forward. So yeah, we we need a little more space to do that and um and um make that make that happen so yeah six i'm sorry um three arcs is mapped out and those things are those things are crazy man they're absolutely i can't wait to draw some of this stuff man but uh that's where we're at right now
1: and And it would be it would be remiss of us not to remind our faithful listeners that uh when the time is right, your artwork will be available, and uh, I have seen many of these pages. Sanford has shared them with me, and uh, it—I uh, would agree with you. You know, I've always been a huge fan of your work, but I would agree with you that this—this this is the work of your career so far. You can see the love.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. And if—if if, you yep. know—if if you guys end up doing an all—an uh, issue just on um, Miss Nightsdale, I'd be really interested in those pages. <laughs> okay. Is that because okay. she looks like your wife, or is that? <laughs> Maybe oh, is that is that true? Is That's, that true? Well, I I, I don't you know I, I might be biased if I say it myself, but uh, right right right. Wait, Sa- Sanford, you didn't know that DAP was down with the swirl. Well, no, <laughs> Sc- he does because Scotty oh, okay. Scotty right. blew it yeah. up at at Heroes one year because yeah. he, he he basically yeah. pulled Sanford aside and he and and me and he's like, yo, this dude's wife. It's like and and Sanford's like, all right, okay, no, cool. I get it, right. I get it, it's cool. It's you know, so he married his right, sister. Right, and, you know, right, and right, it's right. like Scotty's like, no, but you don't know. I'm like Scotty, it it, it
2: okay. uh-huh. you know. It, but. Scotty uh, yeah, he put he puts people on blast a little bit too. Well, I don't know but if Sanford
1: remembers how he introduced me to his wife. Do you remember that?
2: How I introduced to my wife?
1: Yes. No we met, we met a hero we met I met your, your wife and son of heroes. Uh uh-huh. and, and you <laughs> I came over to your table uh-huh. <laughs> You introduced me to your wife, and you said <laughs> you said, Jason helped us pay the mortgage
2: last month. <laughs>
1: That's right. I
2: remember that. You did tell me that. Uh, that was that was last year. Was that last year? That was last. Well, this past year's. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? I I say stuff, man, and I. That's kind of, <laughs> like, you know, but at least that she, was that was that she was. She was very polite. She's like, "Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's very, yeah. She's very. She's very. You know, hey, get in and out, man. There's no no time for the. Chit chatter, but she, but, but uh, I will say this: there, there are times where she'll, she will come in my studio and she'll hear me listening to you guys, or <laughs> and, um she wants to kind of know who these folks are. Like, oh, you met this guy, you met this person. Um, oh, nice. A, yeah. so you,
1: now you, she, you can
2: say fools. You don't have to you know, say folks. We know she's like who are yeah. these fools. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who these? Yeah, who, these who these? jokers? Yeah, but now she, she, she loves. She, she, she's. She's really starting to get into it. And I think because of, um, and it's funny because she's, she's, she's connected. She's starting to become a little more connected to a lot of the, my, my artist friends. Like um, like Mike Del Mundo, I, I throw his name out there again. I mean, they, they chat on Skype like once a week. <laughs> nice. I'll just say, all right, I'm going to get some coffee. That's, and they're in here talking about Oh,
1: that's great. That's awesome. Oh,
2: actually, he'll, he'll ask her questions about, I mean, because they're, his wife, uh, Mike's wife is uh, Caribbean as well. Oh, cool. My wife, is, my wife is Caribbean. She's Bahamian and Jamaican. And his wife is Guyanese and Chinese, which is insane. I love it. And um, they just talk about cultures and all that cool stuff mm-hmm. um it's good good stuff it's good stuff yeah for the uh so for the
1: record good. i'm a i'm a cullen fan myself uh i know you said berg's more like you so i'm not trying to disrespect but because no, no, because no, no, no. having cullen i uh actually showed my sons the um the opening scenes of the first issue uh uh-huh. because of uh because of of, of cullen's propensity for uh for being verbose and using big words, because uh, my sons always get mad at me. It's a running joke around here. My oldest son, I was, His quote is, "That's not a word," because I'll say a word and he'll he'll have never heard of it, and he'll say, "Dad, that's not a word." And I'll say, "Just because <laughs> you are a luddite and you don't understand or appreciate good vocabulary doesn't mean it's not a word. It is, in fact, right. a word."
2: So, oh, you're speaking about Berg. Oh, Berg.
0: Berg, I mean, Berg is the Berg, one rather. with the I'm vocabulary. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Berg.
2: Berg. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. oh the minute you said vocab- vocabulary i knew what you were saying yeah, yeah, yeah. i swapped them i swapped them yeah, yeah yeah we don't we don't want to uh misguide our listeners no 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 if you want great vocabulary just uh check out berg's yeah, vocabulary. and he speaks um i don't think he does in this the first issue but he speaks several languages as well so Oh, okay cool of course he does yeah, yeah. well he got
1: he got uh <laughs> Well I I don't want to spoil no, since you the can't. issue comes out it's next week. Out yet, I don't want right? to uh Yeah, don't, don't, spoil don't it, talk about the, that last the, page. But things happened to him in yeah. the second issue.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got he's got he's got some stuff going on there. So he's
1: working through some things. <laughs> A little <laughs> bit. A <laughs> little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's working through some things for sure. Yeah, yeah. We each issue, I think um man, I'm I just uh, working on issue four wrapping this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now actually. It's nice. Uh, much done um and uh yeah there's some there's some things at the end of this issue where it's like i hope people don't get too upset but uh we'll see (laughs) well we we don't want to keep you for for
1: too long but i i gotta ask you something because i I always i always appreciate having you know you know i mean you listen to our show We we don't have guests on all that often when we do we try and have friends on that have right. a conversation and not just to like a uh, you know a PR session. So let me ask you a question. Uh, you know you yeah. you do a fair amount of conventions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um like, what what no no no. What what's that experience like for you in the sense that yeah. like you know you're a teacher, you're uh-huh. a father or a husband. You got uh-huh. two comics going on right now. Like we said, um, that's a lot of stuff. Keep you busy. And conventions yep. are a non-trivial amount of your time. You got to travel there. You got to You got to be at the show. You got to you're doing commissions while you're there. So you're working like it is a big time commitment. So like how do you balance the the like do you attend conventions because you love them? Do you attend them because it's an important source of like supplemental income? Do you attend them still because of like networking and you feel you need to get your your name and your books out there? Is it like a combination of them? Like I'm always wondering, like when established creator friends like you or Scott, like like why you guys choose to go to as many or, or, or not as many conventions in a given year? Like like what, what drives you to decide like how much to grind on that front?
2: Yes. Yes. Yes to all the above. All man. the things, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of all of that. Yeah. And there's times where even like I would say the priorities are different each convention. Most of the times though, the top priority is uh promotion mm-hmm. just getting getting the word out or getting in front of the people having that connection uh and then it kind of varies from there but yeah mainly mainly just uh to connect with the folks
1: do you try and set a limit like i don't know like i mean obviously I, we always see you with heroes in new york but i mean do do you i don't know how many shows do you do a year roughly
2: um Man, it's, it's funny because it feels like I do a lot, but it's all like the reason being it's a lot of local stuff, stuff I can mm-hmm. drive to. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm doing since Bitter has been out, we've been out of town at a comic shop every weekend and we'll be, yeah, we'll, the, every weekend since the book has been out has been filled up with a uh, store signing somewhere. But all that stuff is driving distance. Uh, I've been to Greensboro, to Acme Comics. I don't know if you guys heard of that before. Of course, Heroes aren't hard to find in Charlotte. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then those kind of things kind of fall under conventions for me to some degree. Um, because it's still the same thing. You set up, you put your, your wares out there. People come meet and greet and and um, you connect, and hopefully people can walk away with an experience that uh, makes them want to just kind of be a part of your of your of your world. Mm-hmm. And that's that's ultimately why I do it.
1: Now I know that you love to draw the commission request that I give you because obviously mm-hmm. I have good taste. But um, <laughs> like, how often do you get a commission request where you know just you're secretly thinking like, Oh, I don't, I don't know how to approach this or like, Oh, I don't know what to do with this character. Like, does that ever happen? Or is it everyone just like, ah, oh, man, it's cool. It's a challenge. Like, I always wonder that, like if there's like a very, like a sliding scale of how excited or
2: challenging a commission may be. Um, for me, I, I honestly just kind of go with, I'll, I'll use this as, as an example. There was, a there was a, uh, a customer if you will that wanted me to draw oh gosh i forgot the name of the couple it was an x-men character and um they wanted another character that had nothing to do with this character it was like another character from a whole nother universe it was kind of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know um
1: like Wonder Woman versus uh, Storm or something like just second,
2: right? Of, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like, but it, but even with that, it was I, I didn't get the correlation of it. I'm like, how oh, was I was like, how did how how do these two connect? And um, so we were going back and forth about it. He just said he just liked it. He just liked those two characters. And for me, it was kind of like, yeah, that does it. They're great individually. They they might be great if you had another character to go to um to substitute that character but i just don't get i don't get it so we went back and forth for a while about that and i, I, I try to suggest other characters and he was like, guy oh, I, I just want these guys and for me i was like well if i'm doing this much work just to get him to change and again he you know they want what they want so you can't necessarily just force people to change their minds um i just came to uh to the conclusion that maybe it's just best for you to find someone who's not gonna question this thing the way i did and that way they will do your piece justice and he understood and he moved on but mm-hmm. uh, for the most part it's it's all pretty straightforward and if the artist or the customer rather um once they, they're open to suggestions so that's always good.
1: Nice. Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of your work. So, uh, Thank
2: you.
1: Thank I already hit Paulo sure. up said, Yo, man, keep me posted on them bit joints, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's, um, I got to figure that one out, man. So,
1: nice. Stay tuned. Yep. Well, um, excellent. Well, listen, so to recap, uh, next Wednesday, that's I believe December 12th. Yeah. Is that yeah, right? yes. yeah. 12th. Uh, December twelfth, issue number two will be out. I, I hope everybody that's listened to this today, or rather, well, you're listening to it. For you, it's today. For us, it was yesterday. Um, already read the first issue. If you didn't, for shame, make sure you pick that up at the store yes. here. Else, when you go and get the second issue, um, as you heard from Stanford, we've got from. totally. We've got at least three trades worth, three story arcs worth, which is dope. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to keep you busy. It's probably like what the next two years of your life. So set, strap in, <laughs> get ready. Um, also, uh, do check out Line Webtoons. Just on your if you're an Apple user, just go on the App Store, type in Line or Webtoon, it comes right up. Free download. You'll see. Uh, just search for one thousand. It comes right up. Give that a read. It's been a lot of fun. I should mention, by the way, on a thousand we didn't talk about. Um, you put these like little like hip hop beats behind the whole thing. Yeah. They have yep. like a real like Wu-Tang vibe. Who made those beats?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's my, my homie uh Damien. Um Damien, Damien, uh he is um North Carolina. He goes by Dose. Um, nice. well, da, 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 Damien um Hastings. Okay he's, he's pretty uh pretty incredible uh producer. Um and he has been doing music professionally I guess for about 10 years or so but um, yeah he I told him when I first met him I'm like dude your stuff can work perfectly for like animation or mm-hmm. something it's a film some kind of moving pictures needs to have your music to it and um, we just started talking and he became a fan of the whole idea of animation mm-hmm. along with uh, and originally, originally, he was going to do the music score for uh, for us if we did the, which is the music that you hear. So it was like, you know what? We got the music already. Just go ahead and, um, put it, um, on the, the webtoons, which I think so, you know, a lot of people seem to dig that.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I got my grimy face on. I'm listening to it. It's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. So listen, you know, much love. We, we, we wish you all the success in the world and, uh, I guess we'll probably see you next uh I don't know probably uh, you Canada? you going to go C2E2?
2: I tell what what date is C2E2? I what don't date? know March? early March I think Early
0: March,
2: okay. Yeah. See that March. that's yeah, that's a that's a struggle man because um not because of um well, it's because mainly the um there's several shows like back to back around it It's like Emerald City I think yeah, yeah for sure. WonderCon. I'm like, yep. oh god, is this. And okay, we were. So going you're, to you're being to nice and polite, so we're not going to. He see doesn't it. want to
0: leave warmish cool. yeah, South right. Carolina to go to cold ash Chicago right. in March.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but, you know, I tell you what, that's that's one of those things where, um, uh, I just got to make sure the schedule works for all of it. I, I would love to do them all. I hadn't been to either one. All three. I have been to all three of those shows. Definitely C2E2 and C2E2 has been about three four years. I think when Power Man. I Artists was gonna say
1: three years ago because I came to yeah. your table and I was <laughs> oh, the, so I had the great privilege of being the first person to buy Power Man and Iron pages. That's right. Because you had them there, and you were like, "Yo, man, I I got them here," and I said, "All right, let's do this." And I was so that like, was three years ago,
2: let's make it happen."
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. I mean, again, I hope you guys Thank are you. as excited about the
0: book as, as we are. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I love it. Thank you. Are you um yeah. on uh a personal? Are are you ready for uh, whatever the hell? Um, because I was talking to our NC boys uh today, but there, there, there's this talk of snow heading your way at the end of this weekend. Oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I uh, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? My wife was trying to tell me that this weekend. Uh <laughs> We're tell hearing me it. earlier and I didn't want to hear it. I was like, I ain't hearing that. No. Come on, man. They're I saying gotta... Charlotte might get up to a foot. Yeah, I'm only I'm only um from Charlotte, so I think we might get some shucks. Um <laughs> it's I think it's because I'm only an hour away from Charlotte. If that. Yeah. If that. What what town are you in, Sanford? Uh, Columbia, South mm-hmm. Carolina. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, oh man, here we go. Um, yeah, I, I, I got a, I got a signing in Charleston. Wait, so. Dude, you got it.
1: If you guys get snow, can you, can you do some like YouTube of it? I want to watch <laughs> you guys all lose your minds.
0: <laughs> They're going to get a dust and the town's going to close down.
1: Oh, I, I know. Gonna... I want to see like the sprinkling, <laughs> like the little hint of, of tinge of white. Powder on their on their cars and just a- acting like it's Armageddon, like yes, Godzilla just just started tearing up their city.
2: I'll do I'll do one better for you. I'll go to the grocery store and film everyone in the grocery oh, store. Oh, nice! To. <laughs> it's gonna be like <laughs> a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they're going to are uh, <laughs> gonna be heading to some bunker and <laughs> gonna camp out for the next I love next it. 50, uh, twenty years or whatever. That's but, great. Yeah, yeah, they 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 don't really know how to they do not handle this stuff man
1: <laughs> all right man well listen thanks so much for coming on and um, you know we got much love for you much love for for david and uh and and jarobi so, um, <laughs> so keep up the great work man you know we'll be in touch yeah. i'll talk to you uh, in the next day or two I'm sure on the interwebs
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep, we'll keep showing the love to the book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, uh, also just think uh, thank you guys for all that you do and, um, to support over the years. And, uh, yeah, we will, we'll have another conversation. There's something hopefully we can talk about here soon that, um, It'd be cool for you guys to Oh awesome. You're right. always welcome, my friend. Always welcome. Let's make
1: sure it's not two and a half years the, between physics yeah. next
2: time. You know what though, man, because we connect a lot at sure. shows online, it doesn't feel that long. So it's it's but at, at the same time I would love to uh you know, we can bridge that gap a little more. For sure. Absolutely, Close, man. Absolutely. That, yeah. All right.
1: Well, listen. You you have a very Merry Christmas too. If
2: I, if. uh Dave, you, you guys. Happy, happy holidays to you all. Thanks. Yes. All right, my man. Uh, have a great night. All right, you guys take care. Later, man. You heard it here: the
1: definitive Sanford Green interview. Like I said, he did a few other interviews, but they
0: were they were warm ups for this one. That's true. Yeah. No, and he, we we, we got an exclusive or two, and we got um, we got just some uh, some keeping it real. So that's right. That's Loved right. It. Good stuff. We don't we don't bring that canned bullshit. No, yeah, no, we don't. He's not reading off a script. Just you know, nah, this isn't a press it, junket. This is we press actually stuff. read the book too, which is. <laughs> did is, I
2: say
1: that?
0: It is oh, so good. I'm sorry yes, it's <laughs> no. all right. Don't worry about it. They, they, yeah. The people who should, they know who they are. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, I know it's hard to, to read a thirty-page pamphlet <laughs> before you have someone on for an hour, but it's asking a lot. But you know. We, we go above and beyond.
0: Right. Yeah, we we go to... An extra that, no, in all
1: seriousness, I love Sanford. He's a great
0: dude. He really is. He is always smiling. I've never seen... I, there's so few people I see at cons who are just always, always give off that vibe that they are truly happy to be there. Yep. Yeah. It's it's just, he is, um, no matter where his table is in Artist Alley, it's just, there's, there's a great vibe whenever you're in the area. He's... Uh, yeah. That he's 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 genuinely a good person. So he,
1: exactly, he's one of those dudes. Um, and I think you know, uh, I mean, not it's neither here nor there, but I think I think he is a man of, of faith. Like I think he's a pretty, like he's pretty yeah, religious. Yeah. But like my, I'm not, I'm saying that because I like I think he's, uh, like I, he just seems like he lives a pretty like what one would call like a good a good Christian life. You know what I mean? Like in the yep. sense that he's like a real upbeat caring person about others. I don't know. He just seems like a very genuine human being, which is nice. It is. Indeed. And, uh, you know, we would uh, listen, I think you and I both, I can't speak for Vince, but you and I, for sure, we would love to have, uh, David Walker on the show.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, um, David seems a little reticent to do these kind of things. It seems, I mean, we haven't actually specifically, um, been like told no by him. And, but I'm just saying like, I, I don't, I keep my ear out for other Interview shows, and I, I don't know that I've ever heard him do a podcast. But, um, and man, listen, I didn't know Sanford was like that with Del Mundo, but I would love to have Del Mundo on for real. Um, and you guys could talk about being uh DWTS down with Swirl. <laughs> you, right. you guys it's got it. that? That's
0: all right. Yeah, that's it. You guys can talk about comics and art, and I'll 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 talk about. Well, I'll you know. talk about yeah. OA. You can talk about Swirl. <laughs> If it's kind maybe Renee will have right a in the
1: middle, she'll be, Maybe she'll be maybe short, Maybe maybe Del Mundo will replace Vince. Oh snap! I mean, let's be honest. Vince is you know he's got a look to him, but Del Mundo's a handsome fellow. It's true, you know. So yeah. So what? Uh, before we wrap up, did you uh, did you read anything you
0: want to? You want? Why don't you speak on? Um, why don't you speak on Riri? Uh yes. Yeah, so I read. Ironheart number 1 and um I I read the first issue of the uh the Iron Man comic she took over when when Tony Stark died um but you know I didn't read her first appearance I didn't read I I've I haven't read Champions as she's been in it so I'm um I'm not I'm not up to date on my iron heart. So I decided to just, um, give this first issue a shot. And, um, I was quite pleased with it. it um, Eve Ewing is, is, is writer. She's from Chicago. Um, she, this is, uh, her first comic book work. And as I was reading it, I didn't get the impression. This didn't read like someone to me. It didn't read like a writer struggling to write a comic book it 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 just it it, i i don't know if it the the art definitely helped the art is um is by uh kevin labranda and uh luciano uh viccio and uh giaffo did additional layouts matt miller did colors but the art worked well um i just didn't know what I was going to get going in and Riri Williams is, um, is at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. She has a lab. Um, but because obviously it's a, uh, it's, it's university. It's, uh, she has a Dean. So she has somebody overseeing her work and her lab has all the gadgets she's, she's creating and working on. And, um, she's the dean shows up with with a whole slew of um of delegates and and um uh, dignitaries and and they're there to check out all their wares and 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 poke and prod the lab um ask her a million to one questions basically as if you know she's on display and and there for everybody to see but what really had me kinda of, after I get through those those conversations I perked up a bit because the um the I don't want to say big bad because of who it is, but the 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 villain of the issue is Clash, who um is uh Clayton Cole, who was introduced in Amazing Spider Man, um and who Peter Parker gave a job at Parker Industries um who kind of turned his life around for a minute but here for like a, a minute literally <laughs> yeah and and he uh he he was trying you know work on the side of the angels but uh the uh the, the the 10 rings apparently um he's uh it's almost as though this is a an interview this is a tryout he's trying to um impressed that he's, he's trying to get in with the, uh, with the 10 ring. So he's, he's, he's got all the, uh, the delegates held hostage, um, has the building literally on lockdown and, uh, he's basically just being a big old terrorist, but, um, Ironheart comes in and I thought the, uh, the quips, the, uh, The back and forth between her and Clash, it it, it worked really well because this wasn't like, you know, Spider-Man taking on Sandman or somebody who just really has trouble grasping basic physics. This is, this is, uh, Clash is extremely smart. Riri is intelligent. So this really was a, a, a more of an even fight than what we usually see in, um, in some, some comics. So, uh, I thought the, the battle played out pretty well. And then Riri gets a phone call from a friend, a, a, a childhood friend who, um, who's, uh, who's just chilling. And, um, and, uh, th- 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 it was basically homeboy, um, Xavier is, uh, is his name. He gives Riri a call and, um, turns out that, uh, he got Riri's number because, um, his mother told him to, uh, to give her a call because her mother, um, was worried about him. And at first she was really kind of peeved at that because it's like, listen, I don't need, um, I don't need charity. I got shit to do, but, um, he, what hooked me was that uh on her workbench because they're they're face timing uh he says is that a um is that a Jordy visor on your desk over there and and she's like yeah um over there on my table that's that's a Geordie visor and it's because she's she does cosplay. That's not the cool part. The cool part is when they when when he asks her, as great as Next Generation is, if you've ever watched Deep Space Nine, and she replies, so underrated. And I was just like, well, I'm definitely in for the next issue at least because you you drop some Deep Space Nine, <laughs> and and you kind of just that's that that's putting a lot of credit in the bank for me. So um, that aside, I thought it's it's it it's a good looking issue. I, I thought the um, the art really uh help sell it and i really don't have an issue with um with what uh Eva's doing with the character i mean i know i know it's bendis creation but um since i don't i haven't read a ton of her by bendis or anyone else um it, it it's just kind of a uh almost like a blank slate for me i'm, I'm i obviously she's she's somewhat established and has some had some adventures with uh, with some other characters and 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 has been written by some established pros. But um, yeah, I, I mean, she was in the champions uh, right. at the end of you yeah. So it's um, so yeah. I I really um, can't say I, I have a problem with the issue that there was a there's a little bit of um, early in the issue she was talking about the uh, the AI in Ironheart suit and how she uh, she really has to do something about that light canned siri-like voice and and just (laughs) to kind of give it a little bit of a personality and then the the last page kind of um i don't know if it's a subconscious thing that 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 kind of set it up but something went on where um i think we're gonna we're we're gonna see who her her jarvis or um friday or whatever you want to say um so that might that could cause some uh some interesting conversations while she's in the suit. So yeah, I'm definitely going to check out the next issue. Like I said, but I, um, I don't, I didn't know. I don't want to say low expectations. No, I just decided to give it a shot on a whim. And and it's Mm definitely, it's one of those first issues that I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see where we're going.
1: You know, unintentionally, I mean, having Sanford on, it's fascinating to me because I was thinking about all the issues that I read, uh, this week, and man, this is like this is the anti-comics gate episode to end all episodes, like <laughs> <laughs> because um, I, I mean, depending on the time we had, I uh, somehow every comic that I read and had marked to talk about this evening, as it turns out, now that I'm looking at the list, features as the prominent character or characters a person of color. That's pretty incredible. Like, just I mean, like, and it's coincidental actually, but like, so because you, you were going to talk about Riri, um, I think we both read Prodigy Number One. Yep. Um, and I don't honestly. I mean, I haven't asked you what you thought of it. It's uh, for those that don't know, it's it's Mark Miller's latest. It is um, with and and the, the real draw for me was that Rafi. It's it's he's paired up with Raphael Albuquerque this time. Um, in essence, the main character is Mister um, Terrific yeah. without a costume. Yeah. I mean, he's he is a, uh, a, a a off the charts like Reed Richards level genius um, black man. Well, we see him as a kid as he ages out into be – and you know, kind of like part Bruce Wayne, part Reed Richards, part Sherlock Holmes. He he kind of just he's so smart he does whatever is interesting to him. So people pitch him like, "Can you solve this problem?" or can you answer this mystery? And he just, whatever, much like Sherlock Holmes, whatever he's interested in or piques his interest, he goes after. Um, and that can range from space travel to whatever. Um, I, I I thought it was fine. Um, I wasn't crazy about it in the sense that it did feel a little derivative to me. Like I was like, okay, like I've read these stories before many times and I guess I have to see it through to see if this is a good version of that story or not. You know what I mean? Like, like I felt like the first issue was very familiar. Um, it was hard for me not to compare it to Mister Terrific, um, but it was. But I didn't dislike it. I just I will. I'm not sure if it's. I am a Miller fan. I know you've kind of warmed up on him. You didn't used to be. I, I. I. But I do think that one of the things Miller does really well is he takes relatively well established um, conceits within comics and does his own version of it and packages it up. I mean, I feel like this is his version of that kind of character, this super genius Bruce Wayne, Michael Holt type of thing. We'll see if there's more to the story than that. Um, but it was fun. I mean, I thought Albuquerque's art was sharp. Um, but the book I wanted to highlight, and, and I'm I'm saddened that I seem to be the only person in our little sphere of influence that talks about this book um, is Silencer. Uh, yeah, I have no idea it. Yeah, I have no idea how these um what what's the this line of DC books called again? The uh oh, the new age of heroes. Yeah. I have no idea how any of these books are doing commercially, um, sales wise, but and I do know definitively that that Silencer is is on almost no list I see as the favorite of, of the series. And I, I, I don't know why, because I I caught up I'm through issue eleven. Um I did talk about this the series before, earlier in its run. Um, The the major hook to the book when it launched was that it was uh, drawn by J.R.J.R., um, written by Dan Abnett. Uh, Unfortunately, Romita lasted three issues. Uh, So, um, yeah, let me make of that what you will. Uh, But Victor Bogdanovich took over uh, after, and I thought looked fantastic. Um, So he does the second and third arcs, and then um, starting with – issue eight um which is an arc called helladay road um your boy patrick searcher does it uh-huh. and then uh and then uh tom darenick does did the latest issue so we've had four pencilers in 11 issues not ideal but they've all done excellent work so and i do think their styles are um are uh you know um like similar enough that, that it wasn't a disruptive change in their art style, but but to the back to the point, the the book centers around a a woman named Honor Guest, and she was the silencer. She was Talia Al Ghul's number one operative for her network of criminal enterprise called Leviathan, and it's very much like John Wick. Basically, it's it's John Wick meets um. Uh, what was um Joelle jones 's book? Um Lady, oh, Lady Killer. Killer. Yeah. It's 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 John Whitby's Lady Killer. Uh Honor Guest was the best that she ever you know, she was she was that that woman. She was the one that she she was the 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 operative that uh everybody had hush whispers about that, that if, if if she was after you you were you were dead. You were in trouble. Like it was like it was game over. And much like with John Wick, we find out that she makes a deal with Talia at a certain point to get out, and uh, you know it's one of those deals like nobody leaves. But but she makes a deal if she does a certain mission, and we do actually get a one shot where we see what that mission is. She gets, uh, she's given a mission um, to get her out, and she gets out because she falls in love with an, with a regular guy, and they have a kid, and she is just living a traditional suburban housewife life for an indeterminate amount of time, but we're talking in the years. And as with all things like this, she isn't really ever out. And she gets roped back in to what is essentially a civil war within Leviathan. Um, Things happen that, that uh, shake some of the members of Leviathan, have them question Talia as a leader. And so a bunch of different operatives uh different uh capos, if you will, if you're talking in mob terms, um, make their power play. And uh honor tries very hard not to be pulled back in, but they leveraged the safety of her family and so she has no she has no uh alternative but to get back in. And uh, much like with John Wick, once she's back <laughs> it's, you know, it's not a good look for everybody. Um but I think the book is it's it's like a John Woo movie brought to a comic. It's great, like it's it's nonstop action. She is a meta. She um she's called Silencer because she can create a cone of silence, basically a field. Um, and within that field it's it's soundless. And that might seem like an odd power, but it's if you think about it, it's a it's a fantastic power for an assassin to have. Because she can not only basically sneak up on anybody, but when she's in the midst of a fight, even a, even a giant firefight, she can do it completely silent. So she could be in the room over taking out 10 operatives without the people, you know, the operatives next door hearing her. So it's a very effective power for, for her chosen lot in life. And, um, I think that the artists, especially Bogdanovich do a great job, um, illustrating that power. And then, um, uh, yeah, so it's just been great, and, and basically, it reminds me a lot of Dapp, You remember that run of uh, of of War of the Roses on, in Spider Man back when uh, you know you had all the different like uh, New York mobsters fighting yep. each other. Yep. Um, I I was I had a soft spot for for that arc. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not saying that's a hallmark high moment of Spider Man comics, but but I always dug that arc, especially when it was first coming out. Just the idea of uh, these different super powered mobsters making a play for. Uh, for the power vacuum. And that's really what this is. I mean, this is, this is a bunch of, uh, both established and new superpowered crime bosses trying to make their play. And there's, there's, there's political maneuvering, there's assassination attempts. There's, there's, there's uh, straight up espionage and, and, uh, and honor is the, the, the touchstone for all of this. And, uh, like I said, she's pulled in, to it deeply even though she doesn't want to be and by the 11th issue we have seen a complete resolution of the civil war and uh, i most certainly don't want to get into how it's resolved or who wins or anything like that because that's the crux of of the first three arcs but it was great man i really it's like genuinely great i i think that um to whatever extent we the next time we do we do A Q&A and someone says hey can you can you give me some runs i can read you know cheaply in the back issues or that didn't get a lot of love that are good i mean i'm gonna say silencer because i would imagine since i don't hear much buzz about it that it doesn't have that much longer of a run but i think it's going to stand on its own as a and and you don't there's no you don't need to be steeped in dc continuity here you don't need to there's there's no hint at anything else that's going on in the dc universe currently so you, you don't you don't need to be up current on anybody else's histories or all you need to know is that honor guest is on this arc and uh really the only character of any significance that we know before is um is uh, talia i will say that because i don't know how far back you are um i will spoil this part um at one point one of the capos sends deathstroke after uh,
0: i remember the cover because i wasn't thrilled yeah with that cover it,
1: well i am I'll, I'll put aside the the character design for deathstroke But but um, but it is hella fun watching Deathstroke go after Honor. And just to establish what a badass Honor is, because we all know what a badass Deathstroke is, Honor is his equal, if not if not his superior, and he knows it. Like going in, like he's he is hella on edge going up against her. Like he's not that. That's how they you know they do a great job establishing. If if Deathstroke respects you enough to be on his tiptoes, yeah, then you're one of DC's most deadly people. So, yeah, it's, I think it's been a blast and uh I just I just totally recommend it. I feel like nobody nobody's given this book a chance, it well, seems like.
0: Well, I think you might you might appreciate this. Um you're not current on all the uh DCCW shows, right? Any of them? No. Uh, well, Flash. Just the Flash. Okay. Um, I'm like two and a half
1: seasons behind an arrow.
0: Okay. So then yeah. uh, in about two and a half seasons, you will um, see the Silencer. Wait, what? Yep.
1: Oh, sick. That's she's, awesome.
0: She's a member of the Longbow Hunters. And uh, and yeah. Oh, and, that's and, great. And, and so Does she, she have really, the same power? Yeah, because uh, Black Canary tried to take her down and uh, her uh, her powers kicked in and it was all, just, her oh, and Wild sick. Dog were just all like looking at each other because nothing was going on, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she can kick some serious ass too, so. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. Did you read uh, Killmonger number one? No, no, I had it queued up. I didn't get a chance to read it before okay. tonight, though.
1: though. I, I, I was disappointed. Oh, okay. There's one line that just irked me. I feel like I'm you tonight with that. Like either sort of like it, it, I'm just going to tell you, cause I don't think it really changes the book. There's a scene early in the book. So for those that don't know, Killmonger written by Brian Hill, um, with art by Juan Ferreira, um, is a reinterpretation of Eric Killmonger to suit the movie. It's, it's basically the movie version, but it's, uh, it's, it's what happens before the movie. So, um, so I like the premise. I mean, I'm, cause I love the character in the movie. Um, but there's a scene where he is graduate. He's, he's about to graduate from college. It's the opening scene. He's about to graduate from college. And, uh, he was top of his class at MIT and his MIT career counselor is telling him how all these offers are there. So forth, so on. And she happens to be a beautiful buxom blonde woman. And he's listening to her and she's making the pitch. You can go work here. You can go work here, blah, blah, blah. And he basically tells her to like, go screw, you know, he's not going to go work for the man or whatever. And she said, well, you could have just emailed me. Like, why did you want to meet with me? And he goes, you know I wanted to meet with you. And next thing you know, they're in bed together. So it's like, okay, he's, he's a player. with respect. Mm-hmm. But he gets up and he bangs her out. And he's walking out of her house apartment whatever. And as he's walking out and she's laying in bed, you know, naked, like in the covers. And he just obviously had her way with him. She, he turns to her and just says, colonize her and walks out. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like. That was cool in the movie because yeah. it was unexpected, but like it just seems so derivative to put that in this book now because you're just taking it from the movie. Like right. So I, I it just set me off. I was like, oh god, like he would not say that. I would have like, expected to that see whole. that
0: in the Shuri comic, but not in his. Exac
1: I love the Shuri comic, by the way. I don't I, don't I gotta see. read that too. No, I thought that was great. But okay. um so so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it i am I'm gonna keep it it's it's only a miniseries. I'm gonna keep trying it because I do like the character, and I thought there were other things in the book that were cool. But it wasn't—I don't think it was a great start to the book. Um, like he gets involved with like the kingpin and 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 this group of of operatives that work for the kingpin that are like—they're named after chess pieces. And I don't know if that's a new thing or not, but I don't know. It 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 was up and down. It was uneven. I'll say that—that that's the best way to describe it. I thought
0: it was very uneven. First issue. What else you got? Anything? I um did read the first two issues of Hexwives. Oh yeah, okay, great. Mm-hmm. And I'm really digging it. I this is it's it's a um, it's a Vertigo title. Um, it is uh, written created by Ben Blacker and art by Merka and Dolfino. Uh, colors by Marissa Lewis, and I kind of like the second issue more than the first. The first issue is all set up. It's about these witches um, mm-hmm. and how they—they're—they're—they're uh, they're, they're pretty much immortal because you know they die, they come back. Uh, you kill them, they come back. There seems to be this um, whole Hatfields and McCoy thing going on, where 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 this these these men are trying to kill these witches, and it's just. It, Rince slide the repeat so um you uh the the men have an idea a way to uh keep the witches under their thumb and uh pretty much stop the cycle and looks like um the men have the witches it's almost like the tables have turned. The witches are under their spell. And, um, completely, they're, it's, for a couple of the witches, um, things are just outside of reach. They, 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 they may think something isn't quite what it is or how it should be or something's missing and, and they couldn't quite put their finger on it. Um, but all the way, they all live. In this little neighborhood, together uh, the men all go off to work. There's fires raging throughout the canyon, um, so they never leave. The men go to work. They go golfing. The women just never leave the neighborhood. Um, but it this this is one of those stories where I'm just I don't have to. There, there's there's no there's no heavy baggage. There's nothing I have to worry about. I don't I don't need to keep you know, sixty years of continuity in the back of my mind, I can just, I, I, after I'm finished reading an issue of Tom's Batman or anything else, or, or, or trying to figure out what the hell I just read in doomsday clock, I can just read an issue of hex Wives and go, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, this is me, you know, kind of just kicking back just and, and enjoying this story. What was that? Little subtle chirp there. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, um, I, I, um... I really, um... This is one of those issues where... it is one of those titles where I'm... I'm Another one where I'm glad I gave it a shot. So, if, um... If anybody has been, uh... Curious about it, or... Wasn't even aware of it, or just... Want to try something a little... A little... I mean, I... I don't even want to say, oh, if you like Lady Killer, then read this. I think it's just, um... It's it's not necessarily a story you've never seen before, but um, I, I kind of digged a little bit of the tweaks on it. And, yeah. And Merck is art. I agree career.
1: with you, by the way, on the second issue being... Like, I, I, really, I did like the first issue quite a bit, yep. but I, I thought the sec, second issue start... I started like, okay, we've gotten past the obligatory. Let's explain what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. And we... Yeah, now I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. And the second issue has this uh, pretty wicked cliffhanger because yep. uh, our... Heroine sees their heroine mama, behind though. By yeah, right? Reminds me of my mom. <laughs> so, damn. uh, that was that was pretty good, but the um, yeah, I, I was thinking about maybe saving this for In Your Travels, but we could probably tag team on Martian Manhunter number one. Definitely S- start us off. So, um, this is a 12 issue maxi-series, um, and it is Martian Manhunter, and you have, uh, the story is written by Steve Orlando, Riley Rossmo does a phenomenal job as your artist, um, and uh, I Ivan Censia on colors, and I was a little, I was hesitant when I read the solicit for this issue and um not that uh, Martian Manhunter is um sacred to me i you know i I've, I've been i've been a fan of the character since you know, the pre-crisis justice league days since the Bwahaha justice league days um detroit i have been i've been a fan of Martian Manhunter and i know that um we had various Manhunter stories over the years. There's um, there was a series drawn by Mark Badger. There was, um, there's, we've, we've gotten some stories on Martian Manhunter over the years. I didn't really read anything post New 52. Um, and I know he's now back in the current Justice League book, but the solicit, had me concerned because there's some characters that I don't think we need to bring them down into the mud. We don't need to show that they're flawed or that they're dirty. The the, the solicit's basically like, you know, if you thought you knew John Jones, then, you know, you don't know nothing because apparently he was a, he's, he's bad lieutenant up on Mars. He's just, he's, um, he's on the take. He, uh, he's, he's, he's not exactly, on the side of yeah, yeah I, I'm. How did you?
1: Because I like the character, but I don't have that. You know, I don't like as we've talked about. There are certain characters that we each have kind of this yep. this anchor to. For me, it's you know characters like Wolverine or or Domino. You know, where like I get real bent out of shape if they fuck with the character. But I know I know March is not in that that circle of influence for me. But but certainly is for you um how how did you feel after reading it that i mean because he is i mean it's not just in this i mean he is he's a at least while
0: he's in mars as we flashback he is on the take he's a
1: he's a crooked cop
0: yeah he is he is a crooked cop and um it's the first issue so i am i'm definitely giving um orlando the uh the benefit of the doubt um Because we're, the the story, at least at the start, is told in a flashback because we're in um, Middleton, Colorado, and it's a few years ago. So I'm not sure if by the time we get to the 12th issue or at any point during the series that, you know, we get to present day. But right now, we're stuck in the past. And um, I'm not, and again, because. Of the new 52, there are certain characters where I'm not sure how much, or even post rebirth, how much I'm supposed to remember or bring pre flashpoint knowledge with me with these characters. And because of that, I'm reading this, and in the back of my mind, and this is mostly me hoping. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking something is fucking with John's mind, and that's and and he may not have been. Uh, this may just be someone possibly implanting memories, or just or, or something's. I don't think it's. So you're true. like you're like a river in Egypt. You're, you're denial right now. A little bit, a little bit. I'm waiting to see. It's the first issue. I'm waiting to see what Steve's got planned up. I, I just, I kind of just, There are just like I said, there are just some characters where I don't think we need to see. We don't need to go. We we don't need to do a one eighty and, and show that, you know, he made himself better. And this is why Mm -hmm. you know he's, 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 you know, a member of the justice league now. And he he made good. I don't, what, what's, what's, what's the problem with always being that kind of guy? I don't. So again, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens as, as the weeks go on, as the months Mm -hmm. go on. But, um, you know, whatever issues I have with Steve's story, um, it's definitely my my concerns or my issues are um, swayed somewhat by Riley's art because it is so nice to look at. So yeah, the, man, the, that's the thing. The story. I mean,
1: I didn't. So so I have a. I try not to read a solicit any further than I need to, to decide if I'm going to buy the book.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So as soon as I saw that it was by Riley, yeah, <laughs> I didn't really, so I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know that he was like on the take. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know it was like a bad lieutenant situation until I read the book. Um, so I'm coming at a completely different from you. Like I'm assuming this is what it is. Like he was right, right. A bad guy and he's been reborn um, because of probably the, Pain and experiences he went through while he was on Mars. Um, I'm with you; like, I'm not quite sure, like, how that enhances the character's history to know that, but, um, but I was able to kind of like brush it aside because I do presume that, like, the bulk of the story is not going to be about that. I hope, right? Like, I think we kind of got that out of the way, and it is what it is. But Riley's art, and listen, we're, we're all unabashed fans of Riley, but like, it's insane, and it's so. It's, I mean, let me tell you something: when he and his his Martian wife
0: oh, God.
1: make love. It is like somehow both disgusting <laughs> and and lovely. Yeah. I don't know. It's like it's
0: it's, it's erotic as a f it uh,
1: I mean Vince would want to own that page. Seriously. I mean it is it is just basically two gelatinous blobs intertwining with each other, which would make sense if you're a shapeshifter. Cause when you know you get look, let's be honest folks, when you when you're making sweet, sweet love, things get a little crazy. Yeah, you you let you let let yourself get lost in the moment. So if you happen to be amorphous, you'd probably end up a giant ball of putty going in and out of the other ball of putty. And that's what Riley does. And I don't think I've ever seen Martian lovemaking before. So I am a better person today for having seen it.
0: <laughs> and the... Uh... The last issue's is little, the last page is, um, is a bit of a freak out, but, um, and, and of course Riley with the zip home, but the, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I definitely recommend it. I don't, you know, whether you are a longtime hardcore Martian Manhunter fan or, um, have no knowledge of the character, um, I think, uh. You'll definitely get something out of it uh more than likely beautiful art but uh a story that will probably keep you coming back for the next issue so um i i yeah i'm 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 couching my fears or concerns for now i'm i'll i'll uh i'm along for the ride um but uh you know and and as not characters get rebooted and and reimaged, imaged or, or someone comes along and decides to retell their origin because of things you didn't see between the panels in a couple of issues so uh that could be what steve's doing well you know i'm not i'm not sweating it we 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 have a year's worth of story to come out of this so we'll see where we go
1: absolutely um, a book that I don't know if it's even on your list, but you need to check out cause I think you really enjoy it, um, is, uh, LaGuardia, uh, which is a burger book. It's one of her, it's one of Karen Berger's new books and under her dark horse imprint. Um, which is why I ordered it because I'm very intrigued to see what Karen Berger, who as we all know, made vertigo, what it was, uh, is now doing it dark horse, but, um, it's, um, written by and i i'm i apologize i'm probably butchering her name uh neddy okorafor it's n-n-e-d-i-o-k-o-r-a-f-o-r so i think i'm pretty close um and she she is a uh both she's won hugo's and nebulous um for her fiction work but um drawn by tana ford it's uh it's a crazy story it is self-described is not my term this is her term it's an Afrofuturist tale um, in the not-so-distant future where Nigeria is essentially the capital of the world, and it is so because of um, – it was basically the, the centerpiece of uh, aliens making contact with us, and now the world has developed around that, and Nigeria has become the center place where uh, aliens – ingress and egress to our planet. And it's become kind of the, uh, I don't know, like the Ellis Island for the world, for, for interstellar, like for other species. And the protagonist of the book is named Future. And uh, she is um, emigrating from her home. And the capital it's from Nigeria, the you know, the big city that or the big you know, the main country. She's moving to New York City. Um, but uh, but she's also there's she's as it turns out, she's uh, smuggling an alien in uh, like a, a in a plant. I don't even know. I guess it's like plant it is. Yeah, it's like a sentient plant like alien. Um, and we don't know much about the alien or her relationship to the alien yet. Um, we will see. Like I don't know if it's her lover or if it's I don't know I'm not sure if it's just like I don't know what the deal is with it but but uh, it's 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 basically a science fiction future story that um, addresses head on the issues of immigration and xenophobia um, so much like bitter root is giving you a spoonful of sugar on the issues of racism this is not dissimilar. A little bit more on the nose. I think it's a little. It hides its intentions a little bit less. But uh, but it's it's it is a it is a comic book that is telling an intriguing, beautiful story, um, but trying to address arguably the most poignant political issue of our time, which is um, you know the issue of of immigration and citizenship and and borders and that sort of thing. So um, really fascinating first start. Totally came in without any expectations, and um, uh, you know I would give it two two big old thumbs up.
0: Nice, I will check it out.
1: Yeah, you should. But uh, anywho, what should folks be reading in their travels?
0: Let's see, in your travels, um, I am going to say. You know what I did read today, um, and I'm not going to dwell on it or go into too heavy detail on it, but I will say, um, following the first issue that we seem to have gotten a kick out of, um, The Green Lantern, number
1: two. Oh, nice, haven't
0: read it yet, so don't don't give Um, me spoilers. No, um, still written by Grant Morrison, we have uh, art. by Liam Sharp um yeah it's still a uh it's 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 weird when you do read it there's um there's something I want to talk about and see if you notice and and take it from there but um yeah they they're just I'm um the uh it looks like Liam there's there are a couple of different panels. There are a couple of panels where it looks like Liam is channeling or paying homage to uh, Green Lantern artists from the past, um, especially a very Neil Adams-esque face on the last page. But it's it's definitely um, it's it's heavy on the weird aliens uh whether they're mm-hmm. members or 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 not um and it's it's definitely heavy on the uh on the space cop aspect mm-hmm. of it um but i think um it, it's not really i don't want to say it's weird part of me wants to say not a lot happens in this issue but it, it things kind of do so um it's it's definitely an issue that i think uh if you were on the fence, I don't know if you would be, but if you were on the fence up to the first issue, um, definitely give the second issue a shot because it it'll either let you know this really isn't for me, or um, it'll kind of dig its hooks in a little bit more to keep you along for the uh, to see where this mystery's come
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent. So. In your travels, uh, I did have two thank yous. I wanted
0: to. Oh, I have one too, but go ahead.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, um, I suspect I know the one we have in common, which is uh, I received a package from Mister Matthew Allison, aka Canker. It is a copy of Sweet Sepulcher Two, his new mini comic, and it is uh, it is wonderfully gorgeous in its depravity and disgustingness. (laughs) Um, So I thank you for that. Uh, And then the other thank you I have is a bit of a trying to solve a mystery. As I was talking to you before we recorded, I received today from the U.S. Postal Service media mail from a gentleman named Igor Maricic, M-A-R-I-C-I-C from San Diego, San Diego. Um, Inside the package is a beautiful, massive, hardcover comic, well, I mean, hardcover graphic novel collection from um, Epicenter Comics. It is Zagor, the Lost World Signature Edition. Uh, Zagor, as it turns out, and you are familiar with the character, it was written by Mauro Baselli. The were by Michelle Rubini. It is an Italian comic um, that uh, it looks like this publisher is uh, bringing over to the United States in a port, and it is an incredible package. I mean, it's it's unbelievably put together. It's 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 right up there with like IDW or um, or uh, Lion Forge in terms of the archival quality of the of the packaging. And I, am just, it's a complete fascinating mystery to me because I did not speak to the folks at Epicenter, nor did I speak to Igor, nor have I in mind I don't know that I've ever social media interacted with him yet. He has my address. And, uh, and, and so, so I don't know. So Igor, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, let us know. Uh, how you, you got a hold of us and and all that? I'd I love that you did, and i look forward to giving the book a uh, a look through. I mean, just just flipping through it before we started the show. I mean, it's a be- it's a beautiful book. It's black and white, um, very evocative of, of uh, you know classic Bond sna. Um, looks a little bit to me like a uh, little Prince Valiant vibe to it. I think a uh, little. Little Flash Gordon meets Prince Valiant, maybe? Yeah, I see. Um, So it's a great book, and, and I, I just – I'm in a mystery as to the hows and whys of uh, 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 how it got to me. But but either way, I'm grateful for it, so so thanks so much. And, I again, I presume you guys are either getting or have gotten a copy as well because I assume if he has my contact information, he has both of yours too. So maybe one of our listeners looked I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but, but either way, thank you for that. So um, – in, in my travels in terms of my reading um, written by Jeff Johns, art by Mr. Dale Eaglesham oh. colors by Mike Atia um, I, I was a huge huge fan of Johnson Eaglesham on Justice Society of America, still to this day one of my favorite DC runs um, so I love that they were getting back together and this is Shazam number one it um I thought it was terrific. It, it it's it, it is a reimagining of Shazam. Uh Billy Batson gets the powers. Um but he gets them it's a little bit like uh remember that show My Secret Identity? Yes. Where where dude gets the the super suit but he he doesn't get have the manual, so he doesn't that, that's a little bit what's going on here. Um Billy gets the powers, but uh, the wizard dies, basically, as he's, be- be- as he's bequeathing him these powers. So Billy doesn't quite know what he's supposed to do with them, how they work. What he's, you know, he doesn't know his destiny, or really. He doesn't have the guidance that he would have otherwise. And um, then we, we fast forward, and he is um, living a very good life. A very happy childhood, but he is a foster child and he's in a foster home with a bunch of other kids. But it's a it's a very very positive uplifting environment. Unlike many foster home situations in the real world, it's he, he's got a very close relationship with the other kids in the home. Um, they're a diverse mix of of uh, both racially and ethnically, and um, it's a it's a mix of of of, of kids. But they all get along. They all seem to love each other. The parents—they're very—they—they they are at least portrayed in the first issue as very loving and uplifting and and uh, positive. But um, the conceit here is that is that uh, this is the reimagining of the Marvel family. All—it's not just Billy who's got the Shazam powers. He has shared his powers with all of his foster siblings. So they're like a band of 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 Shazams. It's like six or seven of them. Wow. So, yeah, and see, so, and, and they, you've got, I mean, they look. Now they're, conveniently, I mean, it's it seems like it's Jakeem Thunder and it's it's Mary Marvel and it, you know what I mean? Like it seems like it's 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 the same characters we've seen in other iterations. It just so happens now that they're all together and working together, um, as family. But uh, it was action-packed, well-paced, super uplifting, and positive vibe um it just felt like a fun family-centric superhero story which um i felt like a really nice little addendum to my reading list because so many comics we read now are more of the serious vibe and so it was a nice little interjection of brightness to my superhero world so um yeah i give it to i give it i i definitely give it the recommendation um i am not by any means the definitive authority on shazam comics i i can count on one hand how many shazam comics i've read over the years but uh but uh but this hit me right uh, i know he's another you're just chock full of characters that you have, you you have you've uh, strong feelings about
0: well no but it's not so much with him because there's, 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 it's weird. I'm, I'm all for a different kind of take on that, on, on that Captain Marvel. Um, but it kind of has to hook me early on and, and, um, it's been, it hasn't been easy and, and it's, I don't know why, but, um, part of it there are times where he also comes across as just a really silly character and and in a world where we're in a universe where there's already a Superman um it's not that Shazam is redundant but I'm not sure what the hook is and just having a kid say this acronym of um Agree, gods doesn't really, that doesn't sell it for me. That's not, that that's, it's a pretty poor elevator pitch. So I don't, it, he's a tough sell. He's, he, he's, and I also don't, I'm really not a fan of the character in solo books. I, I, when he's in a group, um like with Justice League, and not necessarily because they're making fun of him, but just because it's, it's more fish out of water, or, or he can be uh, around characters that can, Help train him. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there might be more meat on those bones, but on his own, by himself, um, it can be kind of tough. And and I I don't know how I feel about about the new outfit too. And it's it's weird. It's like Black Adam is the cooler character, but Black Adam doesn't have the same baggage that. Billy Batson has it's it's just it's Billy Batson. Well, shit. if it's
1: if it's any consolation, John seems to take your concerns head on because they thwart a robbery early in the issue, and the beat cops that are there on the scene are talking to Billy and his sister, saying, "Hey, great job! We need your we need your names. You know, we need it for for our, so we can write a report." And they're hemming and hawing and kind of being jokey. Because they don't really have a name for their group yet, so they keep throwing at these silly names. And the one cop looks at it and goes, "Can hey, we just write Superman?" And the other cop's like, "Yeah, let's just do that."
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'll give I, I'll, I'll give Johns the benefit of that he did bring Hal Jordan back with Green Lantern's birth. So, well, I'll <laughs> yeah, that's I, all I, he's ever done. It's I know. <laughs> well, as far done. as I'm concerned, the uh, no, there's there's um yeah i know he i know johns has has love for certain characters and um and if that comes through and and you know i i obviously he did for the just society of america and and while that didn't grab me i know that um that it was that there was definitely love on those pages with those characters so um he John's never really strike struck me as someone who's just if you want to call it a paycheck he's just he's not writing comics just you know he can write some comics and, and go buy more cereal. He, he seems to have a genuine love for, uh, for the characters he's writing. So
1: I, I also, for what it's worth, think that John's best work, um, outside of the green lantern, which is its own thing has been writing kids. I think he, you know, when I look at the heart of the JSA book, it was the younger characters, their younger members. When I look at, um, you know, he obviously patterned, uh, Cassie after his his sister. um, Stars and Stripes. Uh, I, I think that uh, his run on Teen Titans was excellent. And I think, again, I for me, it's it's one of the more memorable runs outside of the Wolfman Perez. I, it's it's. I feel like he just it just it struck the right tone because they were kids, so it wasn't just. I don't know. I think when you're telling stories with kid heroes, you have to find a delicate balance between them being kids and a little silly, with the fact that they are saving the world and fighting. Unconscionably dangerous um, villains and circumstances, and I've always felt like he's very comfortable in that. So this this seems like a, a on paper this seems like a good fit to me. Put it this way, I, I'm I'm far more excited about reading the next issue of this than I am getting caught up on uh, uh, the affirm the event uh, the Watchmen event. Oh, Doomsday Clock, thank you, yeah. So.
0: Okay. All right. I will give it a shot.
1: Good, man. Vince, we missed you. Big time. As a reminder, this episode was brought to you by our friends at Discount Comic Book Service, where you can get all your comics for hella big discounts, and, of course, impeccable customer service. You can get your books shipped to you at a modest cost, whatever frequency suits your floats your boat. I get my books on the weekly that gets his on the monthly. I believe Yes. Vince also gets his on the monthly. You can also do it every two weeks, whatever works for you. So, um, they, uh, as you guys often point out it, it, I don't think I've ever failed myself of it, but they also accept late orders. Um, and you can place your orders in lots of different ways. If you're a, Excel nerd like me, you can download an Excel sheet and fill that out and just upload it. If you hate Excel like Vince, you can just go on their website and, and just click on various titles. Anything that you see that you like, you just add it to your order. You can do a combination of the two. You can just email them if you want, if you're really old school, and give them a list of things you want to buy. But uh, they really will work with you. And uh, I have been a customer. I'm like Victor Kayum. Uh I've been a customer... Of DCB service for longer than we've been doing the show. So.
0: Damn, yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. I think it's 12, 13 years now I've been a customer.
0: Yeah, at least since, uh, well, I became a customer during uh, when I was listening to CGS way back when. Yep. So, yeah.
1: Indeed. Oof. All right, Boo. All right,
0: Have people. A good say- Friday. Yes, yes, you do the same. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back in full force, right, Vince, next week. So just uh, be good to everybody. Peace and love. All the peace, all the love.
1: Remember, say good night. David.
0: Was that Whisper It? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Good night. Good night. Later, Bye-bye. peoples.
1: Peace and love, everybody. Bye-bye.